Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Wednesday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, the host of this show, and today I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me for the full three hours as this is our first live show since the Christmas holiday. I hope everyone out there had a very Merry Christmas, had a beautiful and blessed time with their loved ones. And again, I just hope everyone has had some restful, productive, and blessed time these last few days. We are back at it here on this Wednesday, and we will be for the final three days here of the week, and then we'll have Monday off next week. But again, uh, excited to be back with you here live on this Wednesday. Had a best of show on this past uh, Tuesday. Of course, did not have a show Monday. Again, we will not have a show next Monday either. Uh, but be with you here for the full three hours these next three days. And we'll discuss a lot of different things in the sports world on this Wednesday, including college football bowl season as we continue to uh, preview what's coming ahead, which is a lot of college football. There's going to be another four or five big days in the sport over these next several days, and so we will be discussing all those bowl games, and so we'll be able to give you the preview of those. There's a lot of bowl games that happened the last couple of days to talk about uh, and some more NFL. We'll have Joe Bartle of Rotowire on at 5.15 today, as he is always on each and every Wednesday. And so he'll be talking about what will be the fantasy championship week for everybody and, of course, some more NFL storylines, too. So we'll talk a little bit of everything today on this Wednesday. If you want to give us a call, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Ryan Brooks and Tom with you here on this Wednesday. I'll start with you, Tom. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, sir. How are you today? I, I'm doing great. Yeah, it was a great Christmas. I uh, got a chance to spend several days over in Columbus with the family, and uh, that's always nice to be able to do. And, uh, you know, in some past holidays, I, I'm over there, and I'm pressed to get back here in town. So uh, this time I was not, and so I was able to actually spend a, a few extra days over there in town in Columbus and enjoyed it. So, uh, uh, But I am glad to be back here. You know, you, can, you can't stay not working for too long. Kind of got to get back into the grind of things. So uh, glad to be back here. Glad to be talking about some sports. Brooks Childress, I know that you're traveling all over the place this time of year. This will be your last show in 2023 with us. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, sir, and it's good to see you. Absolutely. It's uh, it's good to be here. A little pit stop on the uh, the trek between families. Uh, the, the first Christmas uh, married is kind of – you're starting to feel things out a little bit, trying to, you know, make sure everybody's taken care of, everybody's happy, uh, they, they see us. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're just in the middle of a, a pit stop. I thought, you know, we, we got a couple days here. We might as well come into work, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so – can't wait to talk to all of our callers today. Can't wait to you uh, to to talk some sports because we had a big sports week, and this is one of the biggest 
Christmas sports weekends that I can remember uh, with all the NFL action. You had some bowl games going on over the weekend. Uh, and so it's uh, in the, of course, the, the traditional Christmas Day NBA happened too. And so it's uh, it was a fun sports weekend. Can't wait to dive into it. And, you know, we, we got an Auburn basketball game to recap, another one to preview, an Auburn football game to preview. It's going to be a fun show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And before we get into much of the sports things, again, I want to circle back to Christmas and just ask you guys what was your favorite thing about uh, the Christmas holiday this year? Uh, my favorite thing about the Christmas yeah. holiday? Uh, like I said, yeah. is definitely just being able to spend the extended time uh, with my family and not having to rush to get back over here. And I, you know, it, it fell right into some days to where I was able to to spend time there. And, uh, I mean, that, that was honestly it, just uh, not having to feel rushed to, to get back into Auburn uh, and to just be able to spend some days there and, and, and relax with my family. I, that was definitely the best part of it. Yeah, I, I think that it was uh, getting to spend some time with the with family, um, getting to uh, to experience Christmas for the first time with uh, with my wife Grace. Because we, you know, dating and, and being engaged, we never spent any holidays together because it was still kind of uh, separate things. We go to I'd go to my family, she'd go to hers. So this is the first uh, year we spent holidays together, and so it, it's uh, it was very special for for both of us to be able to to spend Christmas together. Um, we we have spent New Year's together before, so we're gonna. Continue Continue that uh, that tradition this year as we uh, continue our travels. But I, th- I think that was the the best one. And then, uh, not to say it, but the hoodie that I'm wearing right uh-huh. now, the, the new Braves hoodie that was given to me by my mother-in-law, very comfortable. Yes, so, uh, it looks good. Thank you. But it's uh, it is very very comfortable. I guess gift wise, mine would be the uh, my new air fryer. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Have you ever had an air fryer I've before? Never owned Gosh, an air you're fryer. You're gonna love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it. Yeah. That that was that was going to work with air fryer this weekend. Yeah. I, I assure you. Uh, yeah, my favorite thing was obviously being with family, too, uh, and uh, just continually real, realizing how blessed I am and uh, how great of a family, how great parents I have. So it was great to great to see them. Uh, we had some incredible food. I gained a few pounds over the last couple of days. I actually gained more over Christmas than I did over Thanksgiving, believe it or not. But uh, when you have the, the big steaks that we had uh, Christmas night, then uh, that can happen. And then all the uh, desserts, we had some cheesecake, but we also had a cookie skillet that oh. you can go out store and buy and build, uh, bake up. And, man, it tasted really good. And, uh, yeah, no, I just I just went to town. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why you set the New Year's goals to lose <laughs> some weight and work out and gym memberships go up and stuff like that because uh, you certainly eat your way to needing that uh, by the end of the year with all the holidays. So certainly had a great time with that and, again, with family and was also glad to make it safely. I arrived back in Birmingham at about uh, 3 a.m. Uh, Monday morning, Christmas morning, after being in Tampa. So I was glad to. You didn't scare off Santa Claus, did you? No, I didn't. Right. I didn't. I didn't intersect with him. Uh, I think I counted from getting off in Tiger Town, going up 280 to my parents' house. I did not get past one time, and I think I only passed about six cars, maybe seven. Uh, just absolutely nothing on the roadways, as there should be at 2 and 3 a.m. Uh, like that on, a, on Christmas morning. And then, again, I, I couldn't count the cars on the other side. But, again, I'll just say that you could plenty, pretty much go a minute to two without seeing a car on the other side of the road. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it it's definitely never been less traffic than that, <laughs> and it won't be again for me. But uh, it was safe travels, even at those late hours. I was glad to 
get to and from safely. All right, let's uh, let's talk some sports here. Let's get going here on this Wednesday. Of course, if you listened yesterday, we had a best of show. We had some interviews from Coach Pearl, Coach Johnny Harris. We did some uh, best of segments in terms of we did a couple games, Town Name Tuesday, Wacky Wednesday. Those will be coming back in 2024 for sure. Uh, but, uh, again, our first live show of this week. So we'll start with uh, a lot of things we have to recap. We'll start with an Auburn topic, and we'll work our way to uh, college football's bowl season and previewing what's ahead and that sort of thing. Uh, Auburn did play another basketball game on Friday night, defeating Alabama State, uh, a game where they, oddly enough, had one of their worst uh, performances in terms of turnovers, were yeah. very sloppy with the ball, uh, did have about a 28-30 point lead, I believe, in the later moments than Alabama State ended the game positively. Auburn did not score the last few minutes. But uh, overall, a game that was never in doubt is more maybe about the optics of it. Auburn has one more game in 2023 against Chattanooga this weekend. Anything stand out to you about that performance? Uh, just anything that you think was something to watch long term or just kind of more of a one-off type I, thing? I, I think that's just kind of a one-off game. Uh, we haven't seen this team turn the ball over like that, and so I – I don't think that that's a sign of things to come. I I think it was a one-off. I think it was just one of those lazy games that they could just kind of use their talent and get through it. Now, you don't like – you want them to play at a high level all the time, and I know that's one thing that Bruce Pearl is going to really, you know, really hammer home to them is that you don't, have a, you don't have time to have a lazy game like that. But I think that's what it is. I think it was just a – it was just one of those that they, they – just were kind of lazy and sloppy and, and knew that they could still get by just with talent alone and win. But I, I don't think it's a sign of things to come. I think it's just one of those one-off games where it was just kind of a ho-hum effort that you hope you don't see any more of. Yeah, you know, you, you look at how the schedule worked out. You had that big game against USC on Sunday uh, last week, and you, you, know, you went into that. It was, uh, you know, you it was uh, highly emotional. You, you know, a lot of national attention was on that basketball game. And you have almost a week off, a two days shy of a week off until you played your next uh, game uh, against, uh, against Alabama State. And so, it, you know, maybe a little bit of that where you, you had that big game, it built up to it, uh, and then you, you had a little bit of a break there. And so you, you kind of, you know, got a little sloppy. Like you said, Tom, it, it was a game that I think the, the players, uh, you know, no matter what the coaches say, the, some of the, you know, the, the players in, you know, they, you look at the, the opponent, you're like, well, we just beat USC. They got a lot of talent. So we could, you know, we can go out there and kind of play our B game and still beat this team. And that can be dangerous sometimes. Uh, obviously Auburn got through it. Uh, this is this upcoming game is another one of those where you have almost a week off in between. Uh, well, you have over a week off in between the last two games uh, from playing, plus a few days you didn't actually practice uh, with the Christmas holiday. I think they're just getting back to practice today is the first day back from Christmas for them. Um, so the, I think that's good. The, the Chattanooga game on sad, uh, Saturday night could be another one of those games where you may not see Auburn's best performance. Nothing, though, stands out to say, hey, this is worrisome. I think once you, you get past, you know, you start the stretch with Chattanooga and then you, you've got the pin game and then you hit conference play a few days later with the, that trip to Arkansas. And I think once you start getting into a little bit more of a rhythm, because you saw, and I'll go back to it, you saw the, the Indiana game. 
followed by a couple days later in Huntsville, and a couple days later it was at home for USC. You got into a little bit of a groove, and you saw Auburn kind of playing well during those three games. You saw them uh, figure things out and kind of get into the routine of playing that what it looked what could be an SEC slate. You play on the weekend, uh, midweek, and then another weekend game. And so I think once Auburn gets past you know the, these Christmas holidays, anything a lot of those worries that you're gonna you saw if if any in that Alabama State game are gonna go away as you start getting into that rhythm of playing every single uh, twice a week most of the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean you know the, the turnovers, little being a little little sloppy with the basketball. I, I think that was that was worrisome for that game. Uh, but overall, I, I think that it, it's nothing that you need that, that folks out there need to you know start staring at me like, oh no, is, are they gonna have a problem with this during the conference play? I, I think you just had almost a, a week layoff between the two games, and you, like you said, Tom, it's it you kind of knew the players kind of knew ah, we we got more talent, we can we can out talent this team. Yeah, and that's of course the thing. The only really thing I was looking out for coming in the game when we were talking about it last week was how focused can they be and obviously they did not really pass that test they still won by 20 the game was never in doubt I think they were up about as much as 30 or so uh and so look again that game obviously you knew it wouldn't hurt you that would be something to monitor maybe the reason I said I was worried about focus and wanting to see is that'll be something to monitor when they play their quote weaker competition in the SEC or maybe the game after they play a Kentucky or a Tennessee or an Alabama is just to measure the focus levels, attention, the detail in games like that moving forward. Uh, but again, we know what this team is. We know that this team in general is not a sloppy, sloppy team. They don't usually have turnover problems. They usually have great point guard play. You know, they didn't shoot it very well again from three. They were six of 24. Again, that's, that's still mildly worrisome because, again, for all the talent, again, statistically, this is still not a great three-point team. It is still t- statistically a little better than last year, but it's not a home run by any means. I still think it's there. It could get there, but so far it's still not. You know, Broom had, was the guy that probably led them, him and Jalen Williams, getting to 1,000 points. J.J. had a really good call of that on the SEC Network Plus. Uh, and, and so, you know, Williams had a big game, and, again, Broom had his first really good game in three or four outings. So, you know, that was a positive for sure. I think ultimately it is more of a one-off performance, and I think the piece about the schedule too, right? I mean, as you guys said, and you mainly, Brooks, I mean, you play a couple of huge opponents – whether they're ranked or not, not doesn't matter. The media coverage is insane. You know how bad you want to win those games. You know how bad you want to beat Indiana in the sport of basketball and how bad you want to beat USC and Bronny James. You understand that. And then you take a full week, basically, and then you're going to play a team like Alabama State that you're favored to win by 30 points. You know, and it's going to be kind of the same thing this weekend when they play UT Chattanooga. Chattanooga's better than Alabama State. I mean, they, they need to pay more uh, attention than that. But it's like, what are Chattanooga and Penn going to bring to the table for you and your mindset. And then on top of the fact that you're a little bit out of rhythm because you're not playing as much basketball. Because as you said, I mean, when you get in conference play, you're playing in the SEC either on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you're playing Saturday. And you do that eight or nine straight weeks. Except, you know, I think you might have one week where you get a, get one of those slots off. But you're basically doing that for about nine weeks from January to the 1st of March. And so you get in this rhythm as a basketball player of playing two to three games a week. That's what's standard. In non-conference, they had been playing three games a week there for a little while. And so it, it kind of married up. But I think, again, it's not like this is some – I'm just I'm containing that to that moment to answer the question I asked. You guys know I also do not think 
it is anything to worry about long term. Like I said, if there's anything, you might just want to measure the focus after a big game moving forward, after, again, those Kentucky type of games, Alabama, Tennessee type of games. But other than that, you know, again, I don't think the turnovers will relate. I still think that defensively they were fine. They were in the 50s to the very end. You know, I, I again, I don't think there's there's much there uh, for long term. It kind of was what it was. Again, they could have if they had played a little bit more, um, a little less careless. They would have won by 35, 40 points. So again, it, they still won by 20. Result was never in doubt. Uh, just a little sluggish to start with not uh, putting the ball in the basket and turnovers and a little sluggish there at the end, but everything in between was still pretty good and still ultimately a very successful night in terms of the scoreboard. We're going to take our first break of the show today. When we come back, we'll go to the orthopedic clinic phone line for the first time today. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll be getting to some bowl games and some conversations about what's ahead in Auburn's bowl game. And uh, again, a big week of bowl games coming up, and there's some on right now for sure. So we'll be getting to that in just a little bit. But for now, let's go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. First up on the show this afternoon, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you today? Uh, how are you guys doing? doing Hi, hey, what's up? Doing bud? well. Hey, I got a message for you guys. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. I know you guys said. I know you guys said something about Bruce Pearl, but I always want to say this. But on the tenth season, your men's basketball coach for the Auburn Tiger on the plane for a tenth season. Always wanted to say that. There you go. Yeah, awesome. Did a good job. Hey, if you guys talk to Bruce Pearl, tell him to call me on my Dallas phone. I got to have a little, uh, me and him, we got to have a little talk. We'll let him know. Hey, so hey, uh, you guys had a good Christmas? Very much oh, so, yeah. Matt. How about you? Yeah, I got me some, like, uh, bowling, uh, bowling shoes. That's awesome. Good deal. And uh, let's see what else did I get. Um, bowling shoes. Um, what else did I get? Oh, got some kind of like a some kind of like a house uh, kind of like warm sock, house shoe socks. Well, that's awesome though. You always need some of those. Yeah. 
and um, and so so. But uh, yeah, hey, I was at the game when Auburn played against Alabama State. Man, I'm telling you, Holloway and Trey Johnson shoot the three throws from the NBA range. Man, that game was awesome. Yeah, they can hit some deep ones. Hey, Tom, can you do that? Can I can I hit some three pointers? Yeah. Oh yeah. You should be in a three point shootout. I've been in a couple of them before. I bet if I, if I was, hey, if I was getting shot, I'd beat you though. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can beat. I don't know if I can beat Ryan or not. Yeah, Ryan's pretty good at three. It's the only thing I'm good at though. It's the problem. I'm a, Ryan, I'm beat me, man. I saw a half court shot from half court. Oh, no art and went in. Wow. I don't know if you can beat me. I, Ryan, I don't know if you can talk and uh, outbeat that or not. I don't think I, if I can shoot a three point, like a half court shot with no art, I don't think you guys can beat me in a three point contest, I don't think. Yeah, it'd be pretty tough. Hey, so what, so I want to talk about, like, uh, first I want to talk about the football, the football game. Uh, do you guys think Auburn would win? And uh, before you guys answer that, then I want to talk about who is the best player on Chattanooga and which player would Bruce Pearl put on there. And then on the women's, and then I want to talk about the Auburn women's game because me and my mom and dad are going to the men's game Saturday. My sister might go. I'm trying to talk her into it. Or uh, she goes, goes walk up, me, her, my mom, and dad, and my sister go through the game Sunday. So, what are, what are you, you guys' thoughts on all three of the games, including first start off with the football football and stuff like that? And where is uh, Robbie going? Has he decided where he's going to go to college at? Uh, yeah, for Robbie, you know, we, I thought I saw a list of some, some places he might visit the other day, uh, a couple of different options as far as uh, still trying to stay in the Power Five and in the Group of Five. I still think a Group of Five would be a better fit for him, but what I saw was that he was apparently going to have uh, some visits with South Carolina, Tulane, and Utah, so kind of all different schools uh, right there, and again, I would be surprised if it was South Carolina or Utah. I mean, Utah, he's not going to start next year if Cam Rising comes back. South Carolina, I, I don't know if South Carolina's uh, figured out their quarterback yet, and then uh, Tulane is probably more what I thought would be the level that he would probably play at. So uh, at this time, we're not sure, but those were the visits he had lined up as of a couple days ago. So he had, so he had, had any visits at Jacksonville State? No, not that we're aware of. Are you are you UAB? Not that we're aware of. Okay. Uh, so, what is, so what do you guys think about, like, uh, who's the best player on Chattanooga's basketball team? And what do you guys think about, what do what, you guys score? Probably, I know Auburn's a favorite by a touchdown in Saturday's game and the football game. But do you guys think Maryland throws the ball or they don't run the ball at all? But do you guys probably think Auburn can score – say these, it might be in the 40s or something like that, and then about the basketball game Saturday, the men's, and what do you guys think about Auburn women, do they can pull off against North Alabama? 
Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Uh, first, Matt, I'll say with Chattanooga, they definitely are a guard-heavy team. Their they're top couple of players that average 18 and 17 points a game, respectively, are guards. So Bonham and Huff would be the two guys to look out for if you're guarding Chattanooga. Bonham has only played three games. He just got healthy, I believe. So that's what it's looking like with Chattanooga. As far as Auburn and Maryland, obviously it was a big deal that Talia Tagovaiola is not going to play in that game. Maryland, you're right, had been a big-time passing team. So it's a little up in the air what their strategy is going to be. Uh, you know, I know Loxley said next man up and that sort of stuff, but uh, really just an unknown what they have behind Tagovailoa. Uh, so Auburn's, you know, they've they've got a few players not playing themselves, but for the most part, I think Auburn's on the better end of this in terms of having participation, not having a bunch of guys leave them. So I think Auburn's in a good position to win this game, but again, there's still too many unknowns with Maryland. So what do you guys? Uh, so. So Ryan, you said who are the two players for Chattanooga, and who who would which two Auburn players would you probably put on the best two Auburn best two Auburn players on the best two of Chattanooga's players, and what do you guys think about the women's games? On Sunday. Yeah, again, it's Trey Bonham of Chattanooga. That's the guy that's only played three games. And then Honor Uff, who has uh, played all 12 and has averaged 17 a game. Again, they're both guards, so you're looking at guys uh, like Trey Donaldson when he's, when he's in the game, Aiden Holloway when he's in the game, Katie Johnson, maybe Denver Jones, those type of guys. All your point guards and shooting guards would be would be guarding those players. Hey, hey you guys see Javon Broom or Honor no, uh, Janai Broom's a big guy. He might be tasked with blocking one of their shots around the rim and, and help defense, but he will not be guarding them on the perimeter if Auburn uh, gets their way. So, hey, uh, Brooks and Tom, what do you guys think about the uh, game, the football game for Saturday and the men's basketball game and the women's game? Uh, I can tell you on the on the men's basketball side, Auburn's going to have to def- defend the three very well because uh, Chattanooga shoots a lot of threes. They're one of the uh, they shoot some of the most threes in the entire country. So they're going to shoot a lot of three-pointers. Um, but I think Auburn will handle them fairly well. Uh, as far as football goes, Auburn's going to have to go out there and take care of business. They they are more talented than Maryland. Maryland's not going to have their top quarterback, obviously. Um, Auburn should win that, but they've got to go out there and take care of business. Now, the one thing that uh, is kind of bothersome right now is that apparently there's a sickness going through the team, and there's been a lot of guys that have not been able to practice. And so – uh, you're hoping that uh, Auburn, between now and game time, can get themselves healthy and and they're not missing some key point or some some key players that are down with the flu or whatever it is that's going around that team right now. Yeah. So so what so like uh, what um, and then what do you guys think about the women's game against North Alabama? They should be able to take care of business. Uh, this Auburn women's team has been playing a lot better this year than they have in, in the past few years. Uh, they've got some good talent, uh, and they, they should be able to take care of business against the North Alabama squad. Well, like I said, I, I'm not going to make it short. I know I don't have any time for a trivia today. Uh, I'll probably do that the following Monday. Um, you guys are having a show the following Monday, right? Uh, not this coming Monday because it's New Year's Day, but that Monday, January 8th, we will definitely be doing the show. Okay, I'll, I'll call Monday the 8th. But the last question, what do you guys think about most of the commitments that Auburn got? For, I heard a couple of players are practicing, and what do you guys think about the, the commitments? Yeah, I, I still don't have the full list on everybody that is here right now planning to be here and, and that sort of thing, but uh, definitely had a good signing day. It got uh, Favor Edwin uh, there the, 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 that night, and they did miss on Cohen Eccles, which is somebody that they really wanted to get, the four-star lineman that went to LSU. but. Yeah. 
again, for the most part, Auburn had a really good week, uh, top seven or eight class, depending on where you look. And again, yeah. they're still working on Ryan Williams in the month of February too. Well, I heard, I heard, I heard like we got a player. Did we get a player from from Alabama and one from Georgia and then one from Florida? Yeah, I mean th- those guys had already been committed though. Uh, they they had already flipped. Like Demarcus Riddick had been at Georgia, but then he committed Auburn this summer. And and Perry Thompson, Alabama was still trying to get him back after he flipped Auburn in the summer, but he stayed with Auburn. So yeah. and and Waller, same thing. He committed a little bit later, but he had been committed for a month or two. Well, hey, I got a special surprise for you guys on in January. Guess his birthday is on the eleventh. Tell us. It'd be mine. Okay, hey, right. it's coming up then. I'll be and I'll be forty-eight years old. Okay, that's right. awesome, man. Hey, hey, Tom. Yes. You still trying to get your girlfriend sometime on here? I, I'm gonna see what I can do. I want to ask. I want her asking me some trivia. All right. Well, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Hey, 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 Brooks, and tell your tell your uh, tell your other half. I said, hey, your girlfriend. I will. And tell her tell her to treat you right. Absolutely. And you guys you guys have it like a a nice New Year. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna like uh, drink some like uh, that sparkling juice. I got some for, for New Year's and stuff like that. So, but hey, if James has any more questions, uh, I like to ask James questions. Like I know he's trying to help me like baseball and stuff like that, but like uh, I just need like questions on. Like swimming, like we want to say, like, like, I like questions like, if we want to show me how, like, to do a flip turn, I wouldn't mind him asking me that. But these baseball questions, like, yeah, like, I appreciate them. Like, you show me how, like, to, like, to catch the fly ball, but I got my code for that. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but. I have like some swimming questions. Do you want to show me how to do? Do you want to say okay? I'll tell you how to do a flip turn. Okay. All right. We'll try to encourage him to go that way. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Oh, we understand. Oh yeah. But hey, you guys have you guys have a nice uh, New Year and tell War Down Steve. I said War Eagle, and don't forget your tenth your coach on the men's basketball on the tenth plane of the year, Bruce. Help me out. Come on, Bruce. Happy New Year, Matt. We appreciate the phone call. That is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt for Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Appreciate that call right there. We're going to go ahead and head to our next break. Back with more of your phone calls right after this on this Wednesday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9. to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm 
Beauregard basketball is back on the hardwood, and we have you covered all season long on Tiger 95.9. This is Tim Sin, voice of the Beauregard Hornets, inviting you to join us for select games of Hornet basketball all season long. The Hornets are looking to get back in the postseason hunt, and you can come along for the ride. Check out our website, thetiger.fm, for a list of upcoming broadcasts. It's Hornets on the hardwood, only on Tiger 95.9. Brought to you locally by Auburn Bank, Kenny Knox Tire Center, May Refrigeration, and Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store, the Orthopedic Clinic, Southeastern Land Group, Beauregard Drugs, Coca-Cola, and Chevron with Tecron. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. We now go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free. one 9 Next up on the program, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you today? I'm still feeling a little bit bloated from uh, overeating, but uh, Amen. thanks for asking. How's everybody else doing? Uh, also bloated from eating, uh, doing well, though. Had a very Merry Christmas, and we hope you did as well. Okay, great, great. All right, well, let's get to it, guys. The time's running short. Um, your team, guys, uh, I'm talking about to you, Ryan, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are in a fight, I guess, uh, for their playoff hopes, right, with uh, the Falcons and the Saints. Yes. And apparently the Falcons are more of a threat, right, because they're 3-2 and two in the division. Uh, it's kind of equal because really if the Bucks beat either the Saints or the Panthers, the division is over. And if the Bucks lose both, they're not going to win the division. So unless the Falcons, unless the Falcons lose, no, I think, it, yeah, no, I think either way. So really it's just, it's on Tampa and it doesn't really matter the other two, what they're doing. If they win one more, they win the division. If they lose both, they don't. Okay. So they got to win one of them. Yes. Just one. Okay, I know they got to play the Saints. Who they played in the last game? Carolina Panthers. Oh, my gosh. At Carolina? Yes, at Carolina. Okay, I hate to say anything's a, a gimme, but surely that has to be a gimme for Tampa, right? That's what the Atlanta Falcons thought. And then I know they that's lost. what they thought, yep. but that was Atlanta. You know, um, if anybody can screw it up, Atlanta <laughs> and Auburn can do it. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, but again, the Tampa will still have to – Look, it's still a division game. Carolina will still absolutely want to beat them. They're not going to just lay down, and they don't have the draft pick, so they have no reason to lay down. So, again, hopefully Tampa just takes care of against New Orleans, but don't. But if they don't, I will still be nervous for three hours. I, I promise you that. Okay, well, you'll be at the game, right? Uh, so, no, I'm not actually going to be at this this last one here against New Orleans. I've uh, made a different commitment, and, uh, yeah, I'm just not. This is the first regular season home game I'm going to miss in a couple of years. Okay, bye. Well, uh, let's keep keep going, guys. You know about the uh, upcoming uh, bowl games. I've seen some of the games already, and I'm I'm gonna uh, quote uh, some sentiments because they really express uh, how I feel about uh, the bowl games so far and how I felt about them uh, really since NIL and the portal started to, to me just messing up things. But Phil Marsh had an article about this, and I'm just gonna quote some of his comments that really. Uh, to me, uh, uh, pretty much expressed my sentiments. And he says, quote, call me old-fashioned, but what happened to finishing what you started? 
What happened to feeling an obligation to the teammates you have shed sweat and blood with? If players opt out of a bowl game because of injury concerns, when do they start opting out of regular season games? Bowl games right now are part of the record. They mean as much in that respect as other games. The changing ball landscape is just another sign of the upheaval in college football. Commitment to school, to teammates, to representing families in the right way is fading. That's unfortunate because that is what has made college football special and unique. End of quote. Those are my sentiments, guys. Now, they may be obviously out of favor now. Uh, That's old school thinking. I call it to them. I would like your comments and thoughts, and I won't bring this up anymore. Uh, some people may see as whining, but those are things that I used to, you know, consider was unique about, you know, college football. But now we see people opting out. Uh, I, I'd hate to be Florida State coach uh, facing Georgia in the bowl game. You got your second string quarterback, Roadmaker's as name. Yeah, Rodemaker. Yeah. Rodemaker. Yeah. He's no longer playing. Right. I think they got oh, wow. 19 opt-outs, yeah. Yeah, nine, nine, I mean, this is not even a regular season team in, in any shape or form. They're playing against Georgia, right? And maybe Brock Bowers may not be playing. Right. So what? You know, they could probably beat Florida State with uh, the quarterback's hand at the top behind his back. So, but anyway, your thoughts and comments, guys, about what I just quoted from Philip Marshall. Yeah, I think that clearly the transfer portal has only accelerated this. I think we were starting to see – the bowl opt-outs really last seven or eight years. We'd see one or two in terms of the pros, and we'd see quarterbacks do that, maybe some running backs from time to time. And it's uh, it was accelerating, and now uh, it, it is cur- uh, certainly ballooned with the transfer portal. And I, I think that uh, what the heart of the issue with that is is that the, the way the calendar works out and having the portal open after the end of the regular season and having it closed – uh, I think like January 3rd or 2nd or something in there. Uh, and so you're basically telling, you know, that the majority of the window is before your team's bowl game. And so it's kind of a, a interesting dynamic to then play in a bowl game and then transfer the next day. We've actually ironically seen some guys that were already in the portal play, like the third-string quarterback, uh, what was it, in the Old Dominion and uh, – Western Kentucky game. Uh, the Western Kentucky quarterback was already in the portal, and he played. And yeah, he played and well. Ron, excuse me, excuse me for interrupting, but since you mentioned, it, I forgot. Rodemaker actually practiced with the team. Right, right, and, and then decides, uh, "Now nah, I'm not going to do it." Right. So I, I, again, I think that I would be interested to see the results of, of simply changing the calendar. Now, I think the reason the calendar is this way is to give these kids the opportunity to transfer and start their school. Uh, the very next semester somewhere else. Some do that. Some are able to go ahead and, and, and get enrolled by, by the second week of January and, and start classes. But I, I, I still I don't know what the percentage on that is. But I, I do think that's why it is this way. Uh, and, and I still think that maybe they should look at still some other solution to it to give more of leeway and, 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 and yeah, give more leeway to, to kids – after the bowl season, so uh, that that's what's really accelerated it even more. Uh, I, I certainly understand and and agree that it is in a way sad to see, uh, especially starting players. I, I mean, you certainly can understand kids that aren't going to play and that sort of thing. 
Uh, but to see starters and stuff transferring and opting out and stuff, you know, th- that is that is a tough thing to see. And uh, I, I would like to try to change the calendar to see if that would alleviate some of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for your comments, uh, um, Tom and uh, Brooks. Uh, your thoughts about uh, my sentiments expressed via uh, Phil Marshall. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Philip hit on some of those stuff there that I agree with. I think it's, you know, you you, you would like to see the, the guys finish out the year with their teams, um, you know, finish things out. I, I understand the injury concerns, uh, you know, opting out of bowl games so that, you know, maybe in the in this bowl game you don't get hurt before you go to the pros. But it's, you know, it's still you, you'd like to see the players finish things out I agree with Ryan. I think if you if they were to find a way to change the calendar a little bit, that could help alleviate some th- stuff. I think you know some of these top teams. I think once you get this twelve uh, team playoff started next year, uh, I think some of these top teams that you see that are you know in in New Year's Six bowl games, it would be a it, you'd have a uh, some guys that may were going to opt out, but they stay in because you got a chance to. Uh, to win a national championship still from some of these uh, some of these other teams, so I, I think that could help on some of the top teams. But you know, what, down the bowl level, I, I don't I, I don't know what else you you could do to to fix something unless you know, like I say what uh, what Ryan said is just change the calendar a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, <clears throat> it, it kind of goes to one thing that I've been saying now for a little while is that I, I think the uh, kind of the mindset of the kids and and playing college football has changed from the times where when I was growing up and, and obviously Steve from the time that you were coming up. Um, I think there's more going on now and the, the commitment and the love and the desire to play for your school while it is there with some guys, I don't think that is there for everybody. Um, and that's why the transfer portal thing is the way that it is, is, yeah, there's no more loyalty to, to the team, to the rest of your players. Right, and, and, I, and I feel that that has become a thing in that, you know, this college ball is just this – it's a stepping stool, stepping, uh, you know, rung of the ladder to the next level, and, and it doesn't matter where it's at. It could be here, it could be there, it could be where, whatever gets me to the next level, and that's the most important thing. And the loyalty and the love of your school and to be – you know, to wear that color and they, and be a part of that school and that team. I'm not saying that's for everybody. There is obviously there's some guys that have that true loyalty, but I think the more that you see, and especially more that you see with this transfer portal thing, is that the loyalty for your school is just not there anymore. It's more of where I'm going to play to get me to the next level. And when you're with that mindset, then once you get to the bowl games – for them, it, it it doesn't really mean that much, and it's it's more of a liability for them, and so therefore it's easy for them to not play because they just don't have that loyalty to the school. And so I think that's what you've been seeing over the last several years, and I think you're going to continue seeing that. Yeah, I'm just trying to picture you talking. Yeah, I can't picture Bo Jackson, Pat Sullivan, maybe even Cam Newton going to their coach and saying, I'm not going to play uh, in the upcoming game. I don't I'm afraid I might get injured. Uh, I've decided I'm, I'm going pro. I just can't imagine them um, uh, saying those kind of things. But anyway, uh, moving on, guys. Uh, I had fun. I enjoyed seeing uh, Mr. J.J. Jackson uh, doing part of the broadcast uh, for the uh, basketball game Friday night. So it was fun to, uh, to hear and see him. Uh, he has aged a bit. <laughs> yes. He still looks like 
he ought to be in high school. Um, so, but uh, he did he, he did good good analysis, better than some of those so-called um, ESPN uh, uh, analysts that they have on there. Uh, it was refreshing to hear him actually talk about the players and the game. Uh, the game was sloppy, uh, to say the least. I know you guys already talked about it. And uh, Coach uh, Pearl was not at all pleased after the uh, game was over. I, I heard his comments and read them on the, the post-game show. And uh, uh, I think he probably had a little um, Coach Bruce, Bruce Pearl meeting with him uh, about that game. All right. Uh, and, and, Ryan, I know uh, we talked. you said, I'm not going to say they're going to only win by nine points. But I know you thought it was going to be a pretty easy, you know, beat the points, Fred. And thank God I'm no longer better because I would have uh, lost on that game too. And we had them. We beat the points, Fred, and then they didn't score anymore, I think, for the last four or five minutes of the game. Yeah, and again, that's what those point spreads are always about. It's not about what you're capable of doing and how much better you are when you're talking about those blowouts. It's about the timing of when you start to not care as much and when you play other players, and we know that happens in football all the time when you're putting second and third string in. So uh, that's always the danger in those lines. It's not that Auburn couldn't beat that. They could easily beat that. Uh, if they wanted to, but obviously they were not focused the whole time and then the way they finished, and, and it kind of fell apart from an over perspective there. Yeah, well, hopefully that was just uh, an outlier like you guys are, are thinking it is as well. Uh, well, we'll. We'll hopefully find out. About the uh, football game uh, Saturday, guys, I saw that apparently uh, Peyton Thorne only practiced once last week, and apparently he was uh, having flu-like symptoms and several other people. Um so it looks like I've been reading. We're gonna have some uh, young people haven't played maybe one, maybe any games, um, being on the roster and playing for the game. Guys, I, I think seven points is a bit of a big point spread for for us to to win the game by. And I also saw that we could make history, unfortunately, in a bad way, if we lose this game. Uh, it'll be the first time I read uh, in football program history for Auburn if we lose four game, four bowl games uh, in a row. I know. Did you guys know that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I was not familiar with the uh, with with the streaks there uh, with bowl game, but uh, yeah, I guess the the last bowl game they won was Music City there in eighteen, yeah. and then uh, lost a nineteen, uh, lost the the twenty bowl game, didn't play in twenty two, and then lost the twenty one in Harson's first year. So yeah, that that uh, that math checks out. Yeah, so uh, I know it's maybe kind of early, maybe not. Do uh, you guys uh, see? Uh, that seven point spread being too high. Too high? I I don't think so. I, I mean, you, no. you look at the you know the, the big player for to, for uh for Maryland was uh, Tugavaloa opting out, and you know you really don't know what they've got with their backup quarterback, the uh, Billy Edwards Jr. Um, he he's gotten a little bit of, of time uh, in reserve, but not a lot, and so I, I think seven points is fine because you know, Ryan mentioned it earlier. I think Auburn's got is, is sitting in a much better position right now, even with the with the uh, illness going through the team. Uh, hopefully, uh, I saw pictures from uh, Peyton Thorne back out meeting with the media at practice today, and so he's he's at least back out at practice to get ready for it, and so it, it should be. Hopefully, Auburn is uh, is able to get, uh, shed the bug a little bit. Uh, hear from some, any any key players that may have it and uh, come out and be healthy for the game on Saturday. Okay, um, guys, you have any sense? Are you, are you any of you guys going to the game? Uh, no, no, I I have no. to work. Okay, all right. Um, what's your sense? Uh, I know it's a bit of a trip. We should probably outnumber them or not in, oh, yeah. in terms of attendance. 
Yeah, I, I oh, would yeah. definitely think Auburn would out, outnumber them. I, I don't know if it'd be somewhere around 75 25 or something in there. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, Auburn should definitely have more fans. What do you expect to see in this game, guys? More running? More passing? I think probably a good bit of running because, yeah. I mean, Auburn, Auburn's had a half their receiving core hit the portal, and we're very excited about the future, but the future is not on Saturday right. uh, in terms of those kids coming in here. So uh, they're not going to have a lot of their guys. They're going to have fair. They're going to have fair weather. Uh, but he, I, I, to my knowledge, I mean, with Johnson in the portal, and then you've got Malcolm Johnson Jr. in the portal, I think they're going to go off about four or five different receivers, and, and that's about all the guys that played this year that's going to be available. So I I think they would have run more, to be fair, to begin with, but I definitely think as their numbers have been cut in roughly half, I, I think that they're they're going to be leaning ground game. Maybe 70-30? Yeah, something like that. Unless, Of course, unless the score dictates for more passing. But, yeah, I think that would be the, the plan. Okay. All right, guys, that's it. My time is way, way up. I thank you for your time as always. Good to hear all your voices. And uh, we'll uh, say more eagle to uh, Mr. Uh, Matt. Happy New Year to you, Matt. And we'll uh, try this again tomorrow. And hopefully I'll make a little bit more sense. Until then, guys, have a safe evening, afternoon, and War Eagle always. War Eagle Steve, appreciate that phone call as always. That is retired Ward AM Steve joining us there on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We are out of time. For hour number one, coming up in hour number two, we'll talk a lot about bowl season, about the games that have already happened, the game happening right now, the game that I'm going to pay too much attention to <laughs> later in this show and then therefore lose some awareness points on this show. Talk all about that in the 4 o'clock hour. Then again, in the 5 o'clock hour, a little NFL. We'll review the Christmas Day stuff. Also get the Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program, our first live show here of the week. And got two more live shows of 2023. And then we'll be off to a new year. At the end of this week, we will have a special reveal of Sports Call's Player of the Year. Not just of the week, Player of the Year. So that'll be announced Friday. 
And uh, we'll have some good stuff coming up in 2024. Again, we will not have a show on the first day of 2024 on the new year, but we will, again, starting next Tuesday. And then we'll be getting into uh, high school basketball season's area play before too long. So we'll have some shortened shows because of Borgard High School basketball, so we'll always make you aware of those situations. But as we start our number two we want to talk a lot about bowl season, about some of the games we've seen over the last several days, and then we'll get to the games that are here to come in the next few days. This will be Tom's last show before Auburn's game, for the New Year's Six and all that, so we'll get his thoughts on all those games coming up in a little bit. But we'll start again with the games of the last several days, of which, again, there have been plenty of them. It started last Friday night, Georgia Tech beating UCF 30-17 to in the Gasparilla Bowl there in Tampa, Duke defeated Troy in a close one in the Birmingham Bowl, 17-10. Camellia Bowl was interesting. Northern uh, Northern Illinois and Arkansas State, 21-19. There was some controversy in that one if you watched that one. Air Force beat James Madison, 31-21. Georgia State was all over Utah State on the blue field in Boise, 45-22. South Alabama destroyed Eastern Michigan and then had some then uh, stupid yeah, had Michigan some, Eastern Michigan player. Yeah, had some stuff after the game to get into. That was a 59 to 10 game. Northwestern and Utah in the Big 10 Bowl. I mean the Northwestern, I mean the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. Uh Northwestern winning that one 14 to 7. Coastal Carolina defeated San Jose State in the nightcap that day 24 to 14 and then yesterday's Bulls Minnesota held on against Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. Texas State was all over Fried Rice, 45-21. <laughs> and then Kansas and UNLV in a very interesting one in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, 49-36. to So, guys, of those, what stood out to you? What interested you? How much of that did you watch? All those type of good things. Uh, I, I watched a lot of them just kind of here and there. Um, there's not really one that I just like really, really just focused on. It's kind of bouncing around. But uh, the the ending of the South Alabama Eastern Michigan game was very unfortunate with the way that a uh, Eastern Michigan player acted and coming over and uh, attacking a South Alabama player while they were singing their uh, alma mater and led to a big scuffle. No place in no place in any sports for that. And so I'm hoping Eastern Michigan will handle their business as far as that goes. Um, games, I mean, there's been some there's been some stinkers and there's been some good ones. Uh, I was happy to see TJ Finley have a big game uh, for Texas State. So uh, good job for TJ, kind of rebounding his career. Uh, the Kansas game last night, I did not. I, I mean, the referees are going to have to ice their arms down uh, for as many flags as they threw in that game, and especially on Kansas. I, I don't know how many personal foul penalties Kansas ended up with, but it seemed like every other play they were getting a 15-yard penalty for something. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been some good ones. There's been some bad ones. Um, it's been fun to watch. Um, it, I love bowl season. I, I know there's a lot of people that – sit there and say there's too many bowl games and this, that, and that. I, I love it. I, I, the more football, the better for me. So uh, I, I like it. Now, as far as uh, upcoming games, yeah. Um, we, we're going to start getting into the, some nitty-gritty here pretty soon. None of the SEC teams have played yet, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, as, yeah, as we start getting into today, we're going to start seeing some more of the bigger bigger boys start playing in bowl games. It's been, it's been the smaller uh, – non-power non-power uh conferences playing and uh yeah starting today you're going to start seeing some big boys and so now it's really going to start getting exciting 
since Friday, I think the only two games that I have not seen a second of, uh, did not see a second of live, was that uh, the two games yesterday, Quick Lane Bowl with Minnesota and Bowling Green, and then the First Responder Bowl with Texas State and Rice, because I was driving during both of those games. Uh, but everything else, uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, that, that UCF at Georgia Tech game, uh, that, that was an interesting game. I watched a little bit of it. Went to the Auburn basketball game, and when I came back, it was uh, completely turned on its head. Georgia Tech had taken control of that football game. Um, you, you, you know, you, you definitely, you know, rooting for Gus Malzahn to have success at uh, at UCF. Um, and you know, this was it was just an unfortunate series of events in that game. And then uh, you you really you the way they played uh, and and some of the talent they've got coming in, you really like their chances in a in a revamped. Uh, redone Big 12 next year without a, Texas and Oklahoma in it. Uh, so that, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, that South Alabama game, I had planned to go to it uh, when I was down in Mobile, but uh, myself and, and the wife kind of got came down. I don't know if folks can still hear it in my voice a little bit. Uh, like 3%. <clears throat> there, how okay, about that? Okay, <laughs> 5%. <laughs> um, the we both came down with a little bit of a sickness over the over the Christmas holiday and we started it last week, uh, but couldn't, didn't make it there. But still, uh, really fun to watch South Alabama get their first uh, bowl win ever in uh, in in program history. Uh, Kane Womack has done some great stuff with that program, uh, and it was it was just fun. It was and it felt like it it was very appropriate that they get the first bowl win at home in front of a lot of uh, a lot of South Alabama fans down there. So that was really fun. That Utah Northwestern game, I saw someone describe it on Twitter as if you wanted to watch Iowa play Iowa in football, um, uh-huh. and it was uh, it was kind of. It was rough, uh, a little bit offensively going there, but uh, congratulations to Northwestern and uh, getting you know going from that situ- sticky situation over the summer to a eight win season ultimately. So that was that was super fun. Um, and then last night, yeah, the the Kansas UNLV game. Kansas is another team in that revamped Big Twelve that you think could have a shot at you know if they win the you know well obviously if they win the conference next year they're in the twelve team playoff. So uh, you you've got a chance at a at going down and. You know, maybe if you know, getting building on their success this year and and having a good run next year in the Big Twelve. But that was a that was a really fun game. Uh, Barry Odom did you know I did not expect a lot coming from him that in this especially the first year at UNLV from just it was it was not a good place the program they turned he turned things around got them to that Mountain West championship game uh, and then into this big and uh, the bowl game against a, a pretty good te- uh, uh, Kansas team. Uh, Bean, their quarterback, six touchdowns on the night. Whoa, gosh, man. You know, you, you tell, I, I know what, you know, Steve brought it up. And, you know, I think we kind of agree. There's, there's some, some teams and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you look at these bowl season, you're like, man, you know, this team really doesn't want to be there. That Kansas team, Bean wanted to be there. Six touchdowns on the night. It was, uh, he had two receivers with three touchdowns each. Um, it was, it, that, that was a great performance last night and, I'm really looking forward to to some of these games coming up. Is you're starting to get the big boys starting to play some football. The small games, I love the small games. I love the Conference USA versus Mountain West, the the Sun Belt versus the MAC games. But you start getting to these the, some of these big time programs coming into things, then you start to have some fun with some fun because even their backups are are you know sometimes better than the starters on the, some of these smaller teams. Yeah, again, I think there was a good balance of things that we saw over the last couple of days of bowl games because. Again, you had some low-scoring stuff, like the Troy and Duke game that was pretty competitive. Duke was able to win with their backup quarterback. 
Uh, you saw higher scoring stuff yesterday for sure with the Kansas UNLV, even Texas State and Rice for a little while. Uh, you did see the Iowa game of the year <laughs> with the Utah Northwestern stuff and that uh, Power 5 matchup. Uh, the couple of things that stood out to me, I did want to mention this because I was watching this live and I was taken aback, and I also had some twitches of a flashback from something that reminded me of something I absolutely detest to this day. Uh, the Arkansas State-Northern Illinois game in the Camellia Bowl. So Arkansas State goes down, they score to make it 21-19. They had to go for two. They didn't get it. And they had about a minute or so, a minute and a half left. They did have all their timeouts for the moment, and they had, to, but they still went onside kick. They recover the onside kick, and they were called off sides. Now, this one was not as egregious as the one that still sticks in my head, but I thought he was not off sides. I, like, I thought it was very debatable at the minimum, and they usually don't get that ticky-tack with it. Like they usually, usually you have to be a full step off sides. He definitely was not stepping off sides. It was his helmet that was right on the line, maybe over maybe over but i tell you what and people can can definitely get this in their mind uh does everyone remember when butch jones was paroling the sidelines in knoxville and when he didn't like something how the whole body turned red and looked like a uh you know some some sort of cherry yeah uh it was that on steroids Uh, i mean he was he i think uh, i was listening to the game on mute i don't want to speak incorrectly i thought though that they uh, he either took a timeout, which kind of ended the game, to just bark at them more, or they assessed the timeout for holding up a game to him because he kept complaining, complaining. Again, as he should, lightning does not strike twice when it comes to onside kicks. They did not get the second one. But he before they even kicked the second one, he was still again giving them the business because of how dang hard it is to recover an onside kick. And I thought it was a shame that something that, again, was not obvious. If you're of the opinion he was offside, fine, maybe, helmet. I lean towards he wasn't, and I certainly lean towards they never call it unless it's far more obvious until he's actually stepped offside. He certainly had not stepped offside. We all see his feet. It was not past the yard line it needed to be. So I thought that was very unfortunate, and I hated it for Arkansas State. Obviously, it's another small program in Northern Illinois that they're playing, but I don't need any sort of extra uh, factor to, in that game that is not is not obvious. That is very much debatable. So I did not like that part of it. Of course, the other onside kick I was referring to in 2015, uh, the North Carolina-Clemson ACC title game, North Carolina was down eight. They needed to go onside with a few minutes left. They recovered the onside kick. They were whistles were offside. Was in no way. I will not debate that with you. He that there was nobody offside for North Carolina in that game, and they called offside and they reviewed it and they still called it offsides. And I just I just can't. I again to this day there's no offsides there. It is not available. It is not showable. It did not happen. So so anytime there's an offsides on an onside kick call and it's debatable, I definitely start twitching. And it makes me mad, and that's why I wanted to bring it up uh, there because I did think Arkansas State got the short end of the stick. But, again, there was some other good stuff. Again, you're right, Brooks, great season for Northwestern to cap that off. Utah, just get a healthy quarterback for next year. <laughs> and Cam Rising, that's all they want, wanted for Christmas. And then the game yesterday just fascinated me between Kansas and UNLV. I mean, this, this, is, this is why we do this. There's one, about one of these a day where I'm like, this is why we have a lot of bowl games. This is great. So Josh Bean, you mentioned it, he threw six touchdowns 
okay, in 19 completions. That means there was about a 30% chance if he threw a pass that was caught, it would be for a touchdown. 449 yards, so up and down, up and down, up and down. He also threw three picks, so I give him the Jameis Winston Award for (laughs) impressive quarterbacking to both teams. That was awesome stuff. (laughs) But more than that, more than that, if you did not watch this or you're wondering why I'm getting animated about Kansas football, not basketball, football, they committed 18 penalties for 216 yards. Tom brought up some of the personal fouls. 216 yards of penalties. UNLV had nine for 99. They were not all holy and, 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 and clean there. But 260 yards. If your quarterback passes for that, you're normally pretty good with it, or at least it's okay. If you rush for that as a team, you feel great about it. That's how many penalty yards they had. So that's kind of how the game stayed close because Kansas did outgain them 591 to 386, those in the in the, uh, the interceptions for sure. But that's the kind of wonky game I'm looking for with stuff like that. High scoring, lots of yards, turnovers, whoopsie-daisy, and then <laughs> millions of penalty yeah. yards. I, I, I'm glad Kansas won it. I can't imagine their fans on the heels of a game where if they had lost a close one and they get called for 18 penalties for 260 yeah. yards. I, I mean, that one, that one got so bad. Like, even the announcers were like, this is just getting comical now. I mean, it was that bad. Just It, it felt like every other play, there's a penalty. And we were sitting there at the house watching it, and I, I started laughing. I'm like, good Lord, there's another penalty on Kansas. Yeah. I, I, and then some of them were – Stupid penalty, like they scored a touchdown and the Kansas guy shoved a dude in the back and there's another 15-yard penalty. I'm like, golly, that was nuts. It was. And that's two years in a row that Kansas has been in a sneaky, fun bowl game. Last year's Liberty Bowl, I've talked about a lot, with Arkansas was a high-scoring overtime game. Arkansas pulled it out. So that so you want Kansas in your bowl game if you're one of these lower-tier yeah. bowl games. Not if you're Missouri. Yeah. Say that again? Not if you're Missouri. Well, not if you're Missouri. But otherwise, if well, I'm saying if you're a bowl game entity, if you are a bowl game, you want Kansas in your bowl game. They are going to give you something that you don't see very often. That's two years in a row of that. And so last night's guaranteed rate bowl was guaranteed to be a good time. We need to go to our first timeout of this 4 o'clock hour. When we come back, we'll start to talk about the bowl games that are ahead. The games today, the first SEC team will be in action tonight. We'll talk about the SEC's bowl games. We'll talk about all these big bowls coming up here in the next few days. As, again, Tom's last show of the week, Brooks' last show of the week. Uh, So we'll definitely get these guys' thoughts on what's ahead. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy with you here on this Wednesday. Reminder, if you ever miss anything or want to hear something again, go back and check it out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, available wherever you may get your podcasts. Also a reminder, coming up at 5.15, Joe Bartle of Rotowire will join us to talk NFL and fantasy football. Fantasy Championship coming up this weekend. Brooks, uh, who's who's in the who's in the championship in your league? Championship uh, sets up as Mr. Cam Barry. Okay, uh, he defeated Brant this weekend wow. to uh, to punch his ticket in, and then uh, the younger Childress brother Blaine okay, uh, defeated JJ this weekend to punch his ticket in. So a jersey is on the line this weekend between Cam and uh, and Blaine. How would you handicap it? Who's favored? Blaine. 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 Blaine's, <laughs> Blaine's been running away with this thing yeah. all season. Uh, he was in trouble a little bit this weekend, but then uh, I think JJ ran. J, all of JJ's players got done early, and he had a couple guys on Christmas Day that kind of blew it open for him. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tom, I'm in the I'm in the consolation, consolation championship, I guess. Okay, i somehow because of how the schedule worked out. I played Britt this past weekend, and, uh-huh. and I was me and him both made the the championship bracket. Uh-huh. We both lost, so we played each other this past weekend. We're going to play each other again this weekend. Excellent part two. Yeah. So I got I got Austin Scott this weekend, and then uh, Brant will play JJ for third place this weekend as okay. well. So it's uh, it's setting up for a, a fun finish to the league. There you go. I meant to ask you about it. Good luck to. Oh well, Oh, you know what? I I'm just gonna say this for Blaine. Again, Cam's out of the country. Ooh. So, so if he forgets to, if he did not already set it, uh, then you know, I don't know if it's gonna be the the top of his priority list. When he's in another country, so. Uh, but I think we should handicap this as Blaine like minus like thirty. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably disrespectful. Minus fifteen and a half or something in the fantasy world. So I mean, this is this could be problematic for Cam. Anyway. And I I did not ask, and I, I should have done this to give give the folks the info. But I didn't ask Blaine or I didn't ask Cam what the uh, jersey selection would be if they won this weekend. Okay, well, so, I mean, it's it's someone on their team. It's right? got to be someone that's that is on their team. It can't just be a random. Hey, I want you know Desmond Ritter's jersey. Yeah. Not a lot of people do, but you know if, if any, unless he's on your, you have to be on your. They have to be on your roster. That's uh-huh. why I always kept a Patriots player on my roster, uh-huh. so I'd be guaranteed to get a, a Patriots player if I made it. There you go. Uh, so that's good stuff there. So last show about what to do there with Championship Week and that sort of thing coming up in the five o'clock hour. All right, let's get to the bowl games coming up here in the next few days. Again, we'll be talking about it on the show the next few days, but these guys uh, will not be on the show again this week, which also means not again in 2023. And again, as as you guys said, the slate really gets going. Um, There is really a game in each window, like timing window, early afternoon, late afternoon, evening, Today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. I mean, there, there really is. It, it's now into a place where it's it's plentiful. It's really good teams for the most part. And so five of these next six days, you've got great stuff. And then it'll be kind of over. There's nothing on the second. There'll be nothing again to the national championship game. So the stuff today, we just saw Virginia Tech smack Tulane. Uh, that was a very wet and miserable Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, 41-20, Virginia Tech won that one over Tulane. Uh, still to come in just a few minutes, the reason I'm going to just kind of 
sit back here, say words that may or may not mean anything, and let you guys <laughs> kind of have your way with the show. Is North Carolina's coming up in a few minutes against West Virginia. Uh, Carolina had a, an awful end to the year. Drake May opted out, as he should. He's going to be a top three or four pick in the draft. Uh, so Connor Harrell out of Thompson High School in Alabaster will be the starter for Carolina. But I'm going to – can I opt out of this show for the rest of it? No. <laughs> okay. I'll still be here kind of uh, with the Carolina game on TV. It's 7 o'clock tonight. you got number 15 Louisville. They'll take on USC and the DirecTV Holiday Bowl. And then Texas A&M and number 20 Okie Doke State, Oklahoma State, at uh, 8 o'clock. So you got two games on tonight with a ranked team, unranked team, and again more opt-outs. You know, Caleb Williams won't be playing. Right. It, it's too, it's tough to keep up with. You gonna watch any football tonight, guys? Are you excited oh, yeah. about any of these? Um, I, you know, I'm I'm excited for the to see the SEC get going in things, but I mean, A and M has been just completely decimated with the transfer portal as well, and of course. Uh, Jimbo Fisher gone. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen there with that game. Uh, I would I would tend to have to lean Oklahoma State in that one just because of everything going on in College Station right now. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that goes. And then with that Louisville Southern Cal game, you know, with with as bad as their defense is, with as bad as Southern Cal's defense has been, and uh, without their quarterback uh, in Louisville, I mean, you you have to think Louisville's going to win that one. That that one may not even be particularly close. To tell you the truth, yeah, I mean, just a a, a one eighty for USC no. from the first eighteen or so games of the Lincoln Riley tenure to the last five or six, uh, and not in defensive because they defensively they had been porous. That had not right. changed. Uh, they still had Grinch as their DC last year, but. It's just that Kayla Williams was a little bit less this year. He was still really good. Not saying that anyone should be worried in the NFL. He's going to be number one pick or Drake May. I mean, there's a puncher's chance it could be Drake May. But, you know, they they end up at 7-5. and five. I think I picked them to win the Pac-12. That was not an unheard-of pick. It was them, Washington, and Oregon in the preseason, pretty much. People were deciding between. And they end up with five losses, and Kate Williams nowhere near another Heisman this year. Yeah. Uh, I I know this is not a team we cover very often, but are you are you pretty worried about Lincoln Riley over at USC? You think something? You think this is a big deal for the future? Uh, I mean, they 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 recruited really well, and you know, I I'm I'm not concerned. I'll, I'll see what happens next year. Um, then I will be very concerned. I, I think they're gonna. I think Lincoln Riley is gonna try to do things to shore up that defense and be better. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you know, I just I think Lincoln Riley is better. Yeah, I think he's a better of a coach than what they showed this year. And uh, I think things will get better for them. I think this is just one of those years they didn't have the defense and uh, maybe some weapons here or there that Caleb Williams didn't have, and maybe off year for Caleb Williams. However you want to look at it, but. I mean, Lincoln Riley has proven that he can be a good coach, and I, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they will be fine tonight, though. I, I think Louisville will handle them pretty pretty well. I mean, Louisville comes in ranked number 16. They've had a good year. I, I just I don't see that one being particularly close. Uh, and then as far as the Texas A&M-Oklahoma State game goes, like I said, got to lean Oklahoma State there. A&M 
with all the controversy going on out in College Station right now and so many of their players in the transfer portal, uh, they're, they're going to kind of have a piecemeal roster, really. I mean, if when you look at it, uh, if you're an A&M fan, you don't even know – you don't know who's playing what position because they've had so many guys defect from that team. So, be interesting to see there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll just look at tonight – or, yeah, I'll, I'll look at tonight uh, in this afternoon. I, I really – you know, really looking forward to seeing that Texas A&M Oklahoma State game. Uh, you know, I, I still think that the, the Texas A&M is going to have something for for Oklahoma State. It's only a three and a half point favorite uh, as Oklahoma State's uh, favored by right now. And so I, I think Texas A&M is, is I, I think they're they've got still got some talent on that roster to be able to uh, to go into this and, and and maybe pull out an upset win over for, over Oklahoma State. Uh, you're you're going to probably have a little bit more home fans as it's you know texas a&m is like what an hour or something from from houston so it's it's going to be really fun this north carolina west virginia game is going to be very very interesting uh you know you looked at it and uh neil brown was a guy that we talked about on the hot seat coming into this year and to go from being on the hot seat to turn things to an eight win season uh on the verge of a nine win season uh here could be really really uh he's got a really good shot at it, especially with uh, uh you know north carolina having to go to to uh the backup quarterback without drake may playing there but north carolina still has a lot of talent on that roster mac brown uh said he's you know announced he's coming back next year after some rumors started swirling that he may be retiring uh you're you're going to have a lot of that uh carolina blue is going to be in, in charlotte tonight and so that that's going to be a really really fun game to watch and then the uh the louisville usc game I don't know if it's going to get out of hand, but I think that, you know, it's going to be high scoring. I don't think either of these teams are going to necessarily have a, a big, a, a large defensive performance in, in that holiday bowl tonight. Um, without Caleb Williams, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, USC's offense looks like uh, with Lincoln Riley. Am I worried about Lincoln Riley? No, because we we kind of saw this a little bit at, at Oklahoma. You saw them have really good offenses, uh, competed for, for championships in the Big 12, and their defenses just didn't show up to play. They didn't have a defense to speak of. And so uh, I, I think that, you know, this is this is a little bit lesser uh, or a little bit worse of a year than we really saw at Oklahoma with, you know, going 7-5. and five. But, you know, I, I think that you, you look at it, I think Lincoln Riley, will, will, you know, continues to recruit offense so well. When you're going, you're going to a conference now that you really only have a couple teams that can compete with you offensively. Uh, you know, there's some good defenses in the Big Ten. But, you know, when, when you get a we, – we've seen uh, some of these big defenses. Like the best defense in the Big Ten by, by far was Iowa's. And Michigan, who has a, you know, a fairly, uh, a fairly good offense, was able to put up points on, on – on uh, on on Iowa's defense in that Big Ten championship game, so you, you you're going to look at USC in the next you know few years with Lincoln Riley. They're still going to be able to cre- create offense. They're still going to be able to compete for championships uh, and and get their name in that playoff conversation. Uh, they're showing right now with that Carolina West Virginia game. Carolina is one of those teams that is doing the the helmet uh, communications, which is happening in about twelve or thirteen of the bowl games. Uh, this this cycle because the comm system that the NFL has had for a long time is is I think nearing for college so they're testing it they're testing an Auburn Maryland game too by the way but again Maryland is the one wearing them Auburn decided they did not want to they'll just do the tablets for replays and stuff on the sideline 
And uh, I, I do hate to say this, Brooks, because I, I would have said the same thing had I not read what was going on at the stadium an hour ago and then saw the crowd uh, to show you how disinterested the Carolina fan base has become because of blowing a, a, a great quarterback like Drake May. Uh, it's like 90-10 West Virginia uh-huh. there. It's not even close. It's way more West Virginia fans, even though it's in Charlotte. It's usually a good good base for North Carolina. Uh, they, they've been – I can tell you because I keep up with it closely. Uh, after going through Drake May, Sam Howell, Mitchell Trubisky and getting a whole lot of nothing pretty much from a national stage, uh, they, they, they've kind of uh, – They've kind of lost interest and and gotten so annoyed with it that they're we're they're, on a basketball they're season. not excited. Yeah, they're very much excited about the basketball team as they would in most years. But I'm just saying that there has been a certain uh, shift in. Oh, Max back! This is awesome. He was the best coach we ever had. Great in the '90s. Awesome. Blah blah blah. Look at this recruiting he's doing. He's in the top 15 in football in North Carolina. This is great. To they're still only winning eight games with Drake freaking May. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of how that that's progressed with uh, Carolina fans. So uh, that th- that interest, unfortunately, is Wayne. My interest is not Wayne. I'll be staring at the TV for the next three hours watching the game and probably being sad. But uh, that that is kind of the state of play there. I will say back to that A and M game before we go to break. I'm really interested to see Jalen Henderson. I assume he's playing. I I <laughs> they can't keep up with everyone's roster news at all times. Uh, but again, if Jalen Henderson is playing, I'm excited to see him. He was who they rolled with at the end of the season. Uh, he played that LSU game. He played a, a bit against Mississippi State. He was good against LSU, three for nearly 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. That was a very close game. Uh, and, and has a little bit of a rushing acumen. He did against Mississippi State. He ran for two touchdowns against State earlier in the year, too. I think he's their future at the quarterback position. I know that Wegman was also young, too. But I've kind of liked Jalen Henderson a little bit more. And so I want to see him tonight. And I think that would be interesting to go up against Oklahoma State because I think that he might be their future. Obviously, Max Johnson has moved on. He's actually transferred to North Carolina. Uh, So I want to see him play uh, against Oklahoma State tonight. I think that would be something worth watching. But, yeah, so much of these things can be about the future more than even a, a true representation of this past year with all the portal guys, and certainly the quarterback position is hit as one of the most hardest positions. We're going to go ahead and take our next break of the show. When we come back, we'll get into more bowl previews, more bowl games coming up in future days, including Auburn's, including the playoff. So stay tuned. More of that coming up next here on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 
Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childers with you here on this Wednesday. If you want to join the conversation, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 to join us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. I'm still going to pay attention. I'm not fair weather. I just want you to know that Carolina had West Virginia tied for a whole 11 seconds. <laughs> it was a really good 11 seconds. We were hanging in there. And then West Virginia's 75-yard touchdown. Well, so uh, I'm not optimistic. I will watch, but uh, with great terror probably. Uh, so, still a uh, lot of football to be played. Right, still a lot of football. Uh, and, again, hey, again, if you're re- looking for the Alabama connections, Connor Harrell again out of Thompson High School. He was a performing Seaborn there at Thompson. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just disappointed that uh, I, I, I personally don't like it when North Carolina goes with the white helmet. Their, their, their Carolina blue right. helmet is so iconic. I think you joined my father, a North Carolina alum, in that sentiment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Carolina blue helmet and the white face mask is just so iconic. Right. I don't like the – I mean, it looks good. I just – I prefer the, right. the they, blue. Obviously, they are Carolina blue, and they need to find a way to put that in as much of what they're wearing as possible at yeah. all times. I certainly don't hate that and don't disagree with that. They did used to do – uh, a pretty good job with their chrome helmets. They'd have like that chrome, and then they'd have the blue footprint. Um, I did like those no. when the fedora era, but uh, I I'm just I'm a I'm a sucker for the traditional Carolina blue sure. helmet. I just think that just looks so good. It's so there's nobody else that does yeah. that, right? And I, I mean, understand. Yeah, I understand. Everybody has a white helmet. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, so bowl games coming up. We we talked about the bowl games today. Uh, bowl games tomorrow. We'll kind of go through these a little bit quicker than we did. Uh, we just, you know, want to give you guys the chance to preview um, the the biggest matchups. But tomorrow, SMU and Boston College is the start. SMU is a ranked team. You got Miami and Rutgers. The two big ones, though, you got top twenty five matchups in the nightcap. Number sixteen, NC State. Number twenty five, uh, Kansas State. That is in the Pop Tarts Bowl. And the trophy has the ability to have two actual Pop-Tarts sticking out the top of it, like it's a toaster kind of thing at the top. So there's going to be two real Pop-Tarts. And my question that I have, which is obviously very important and related to football, is who gets to eat them? Well, I know winning team, the losing team, doesn't get the trophy. They don't get to eat them. But is it the coach? Is it the MVP of the game? Is it the quarterback? Is it whoever's hungriest? No. Who gets to eat them? That's all I want to know. That's the NC State-Kansas State game. And then Arizona and Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Obviously, Arizona had a, a, a really nice year. Brooks called that one. He was on top of that from the get-go. And then Oklahoma, who had a better year, but Dylan Gabriel opting out. No. Don't know what they are. The last game is having the Big 12 patch on. Uh, so that's tomorrow night's bowl, and I'll run through the 29th, and you guys can just pick and choose what you want to talk about. You got Clemson and Kentucky as the first game on Friday in the Gator Bowl. Oregon State, number 19 in the country, versus number 16, Notre Dame. That's at 1. Memphis and Iowa State at 2.30. And then the first New Year's Six Bowl is Friday night. And one of these makes perfect sense. Number 7, Ohio State, 11-1. The second team... Definitely a little different uh, in terms of teams you expect in the New Year's Six. It's number nine, Missouri. So Missouri, Ohio State there. So guys, of these next two days of football, what stands out? 
Um, none of the none of the games on the twenty eighth jump out to me. The the NC State Kansas State game I think could be interesting. Uh, that Arizona, I just I'm not sold on Oklahoma without Dylan Gabriel and. I think is it not at least a little interesting though because they're not going to have Dylan Gabriel next year and they're going to be in this league. True. I don't know I, who was the transfer that they've got. I'm trying to get right back into it. What who they ultimately get, or have they gotten a transfer for a quarterback? I I don't. I honestly don't remember. I'm going to have to do some research no. because again that that my point is is that just as much the these games are like half and half for me, for right. these, for these, especially for these bowl teams that lost 10, 15, 20 players. It's like half of this year's team with half of what's going to be next year's team. So it's not preseason. It's nine months away, for crying out loud. It's not a preseason game. But it also doesn't feel like for some of these teams a 2023 season team game either because they're going to have such different – or, or they already already have such different rosters, a lot of them. So I don't know. It feels like a hybrid to me. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what Oklahoma's going to do when they don't have Gabriel's quarterback because they're not going to have him next year. So now here's what I – the Fenway Bowl, I'm assuming, is being played in Fenway? Yes. And the Pinstripe Bowl is being played in Yankee Stadium? Yes. 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 That's what I'm more interested in looking at tomorrow is a game being played in Fenway and a game being played in Yankee Stadium. I know they've been doing that, but – to me, that's cool. Um, just the the visual optics of seeing a ball game played in those. Well, I guess the current Yankee Stadium is not historic because it's no longer like the original Yankee Stadium. But um, seeing a ball game played in Fenway Park, that's just kind of neat to me. Um, I loved it when they played in Wrigley. It's, it's just – it's neat. It's different. I, I like it. So – I'm more curious to see those two games just because of where they're being played at. The other two, I'll watch them. I, I am very, I'm interested to see Arizona, Oklahoma, but you know, I just, I really don't know what Oklahoma's going to have. Arizona, like you said, has had a good season. Uh, the 29th, I mean, kind of take your pick. You know, Clemson, Kentucky could be interesting in that early morning game in the Gator Bowl. Uh, you know, what it, what's going on with Clemson and Dabo? Are they? Is this an off year? Are they going to be back? What's Kentucky doing? Uh, that Oregon State Notre Dame game could be interesting, but uh, but yeah, the Cotton Bowl uh, is Missouri for real. I mean, how how is Missouri going to stack up against Ohio State, a team that you know when when you talk about uh, four best teams in the country, you know, yeah, okay, they got beat by Michigan, but you know they've got a claim to be up there as one of the top, you know, does Missouri, I don't know about that. It'd be interesting to see how Missouri stacks up with them, but um, the Liberty Bowl, Memphis, Iowa State is a, meh, not really concerned with that one, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at with that. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that, that Alamo Bowl with Arizona and Oklahoma. That's one of those bowl games that over the past few years has always been fun, and I don't know what it is about uh, the, the Alamo Bowl, but they, they every year it seems like that's a fun bowl game to watch, no matter what position the teams are in. Arizona, uh, you know, they, they've had a really, really good year. You set up for, you know, joining the – you've got a team. This is a game with a team leaving the Big 12 – and a team joining the Big 12. Oklahoma's on their way out. Arizona's on their way in. And so it's it's going to be really interesting uh, to, to watch this game. Uh, like you said, Ryan and, and Tom, uh, going to be interesting to see that Oklahoma offense without Dylan Gabriel. 
Um, you had a little bit of that this year uh, when, when he was hurt, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see that. The NC State-Kansas State game, uh, both those teams are just well-coached uh, well, well coached teams. Uh, you know, you've got Kansas State without Will Howard. Uh, that's going to be an, an interesting twist there, but um, it, it's just a, it's a fun, fun game. Rutgers and Miami earlier at that pinstripe bowl, uh, that's, you know, that's interesting because Rutgers started out hot, and they started out really, really well and then fell off in Big Ten play. Miami's a team that had some baffling losses this year, but it feels like they're starting to climb their way back up into the, the ranks of the ACC, but maybe not. I don't know. SMU's a team uh, in that Fenway Bowl that uh, that is uh, a lot of people made, you know, made the argument they should have been in the New Year's Six game uh, over Liberty. Uh, and so they, uh, they've got something to prove there against Boston College. And then that the, the Friday the 29th, uh, Clemson, Kentucky is interesting. It's going to be on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Uh, you can listen to that game on, in, in first thing in the morning uh, on your way to uh, while you're at the office if you if you have to go in on Fridays or on this Friday. Um, but that's going to be really fun. Like you said, Tom, is, is Clemson. Clemson is a team that you really haven't heard leak a lot of big name guys from their from their program this year from transfer portals. So, right. you know, you, you wonder if that that's going to be a good sign for Dabo in the next year. Oregon State, Notre Dame is going to be fun because neither of their starting quarterbacks are there. It's going to be a battle of the backup quarterbacks uh, in the Sun Bowl. Uh, And so Notre Dame, I think, has also had another uh, couple guys uh, to opt out. And then that Missouri-Ohio State game, you've lost your starting quarterback. Kyle McCord is out. Marvin Harrison was at practice but not suited up in practicing is what we what I, I saw on Twitter this weekend. Uh, and so is he going to play in the ball? He has not officially opted out. So, you know, you wonder if he's if he's dealing with some sort of illness or if he's planning on not playing or opting out or something. But Missouri, everybody's excited there. Uh, I don't think anybody's opted out of that bowl game for Missouri. They're all that. That's a team that is excited to be in the in the Cotton Bowl. Um, I wouldn't I don't uh I'm not going to put it against Missouri. I think Missouri's got a real shot at winning this football game uh, against Ohio State because Ohio State's a team, yeah, they, they like to be in New Year's Six games, but the you fell flat on your face and, and did not beat Michigan, did not make the playoff, and that's a place that Ohio State's one of those teams that expects to be in the playoff every single year. And with an excited uh, Missouri team, that could be a game that Missouri uh, – Gets a gets a big win over a, a huge program. I think Missouri's only beaten Ohio State once. They're ten. Ohio State's like ten one and one against Missouri all time. Missouri could get their second win to, uh, on Friday. Uh, yeah, you know that game in particular. Only got a minute or two left here in the hour. Then we'll get to uh, more phone calls. We'll get to hour number three after the break. But that game feels doable for Missouri. And Again, you come into this season, tell me, yeah, I feel like Missouri might be able to beat Ohio State. Be like, huh? Who? Uh, well, you know, with Ohio State, Kyle McCord was fine. Again, I think that we compared him to just some of the best of the best quarterbacks these last 10, 15 years, and that's why he seemed very underwhelming. I think he's a perfectly fine college quarterback. And he is not going to be playing now. Devin Brown will, I, I believe, and, and he was who was in competition with him. So it's not necessarily a cataclysmic drop off. But as you said, I think Missouri's clearly going to be incredibly excited to be there. And unfortunately, some of the most basic analysis, yet some of the most true analysis with bowl season, is who is who wants it the most because these teams have different mindsets, they have different rosters, they have different uh, portal opt outs and that sort of thing. And, yeah, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to play for Ohio State, he's kind of good. 
Uh, he's going to be going in the top five or six of the NFL draft. That's a big deal. And Missouri has a lot of players that have never played in this kind of bowl game before because Missouri's not played in this kind of bowl game for several, several years. So uh, they're going to be pumped to be there, not to mention a pretty good team. Like before Georgia lost to Alabama, I thought Missouri played Georgia as well as anybody. Uh, them and Auburn this year, basically teams that with Tigers in their name. But, but certainly considering that Missouri had to go to Athens and was leading that game at times and, and only – uh, only bowed out there at the very end, you know, I thought that Missouri played them very well. And so, uh, again, I think that that game is going to be incredibly interesting and some uh, one that we'll definitely need to watch out for. We are going to go to our end of hour break here as hour number two is wrapping up right now. Coming in to hour number three, we'll get your phone calls on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We'll also have Joe Bartle of Rotowire coming up at 515, and we'll conclude all of our bowl previews with the next few days with uh, Tom and Brooks. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress. I'm saying words. Got you glad, got, glad you got that out of your mouth before we went on there. Of course. Wouldn't have it any other way. Can't have it any other way. <laughs> Tell us what happened, Ryan. Uh, things were moving in a positive direction for North Carolina. They got to the 10-yard line. Connor Harrell threw a wonderful deep ball. And you said he was probably going to throw a pick. And one one pass later, uh, had someone that was open-ish in the end zone. He found someone else that was open in the end zone, and that was a West Virginia player. And uh, no no score for Carolina. It's okay. Uh, this game does not matter, so the people say, although it does matter to me. So uh, we'll, I'll continue to be watching that one and not make noises on live radio. <laughs> Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, Joe Bartle of RotoWire will be joining us to talk some NFL and fantasy football. But for now, we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one tiger 9 Next up on the show, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you today? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Yeah, I know this is um, the countdown to bowl season, but I'm just going to say, will you see Alabama losing to Michigan on January the 1st of 2024? Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a great game for sure. We're we're interested to see that one, that first or that college football playoff semifinal. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally think Alabama is going to win a uh, win a game there. I, I think that Michigan stylistically does not give Alabama defenses fits. They just don't that that pro style defense is is not something that usually confuses or irritates Alabama. I know Michigan's been very good at it. They certainly had a wonderful season, but I just don't like the matchup on trying to beat Alabama defenses that way. Yes, because um, I was looking over the uh, Christmas break. I was looking at um, you know the Michigan's rankings when they when they did the college um, rankings. I knew that they were going to put Michigan maybe like at a two or a three, so they put them way, way low. I think they put them like at a four. Uh, no, Michigan's the one here, and Alabama's the four. Uh, that's, yeah, it's the okay. one-four matchup, and Michigan's one. Yes, because I think when uh, Michigan, when they actually put them at number one, I think Michigan, this, this is just going to be like a rematch from last few years, because I know um, Alabama fans here in Tuscaloosa, they're saying that Alabama is going to win their, I guess this will be like their 10th or 11th uh, national championship. I mean, they could look at a championship, but, I mean, look who they're playing. They're not playing Georgia. They're not playing the Florida. They're not playing the Tennessee. They're playing the Michigan Wolverines, which uh, Michigan has a really good coach in uh, Jim Harbaugh, and I think he's going to really get out coached by the legendary himself of Nick Saban. But I, I just have to see how this matchup is actually going to come down to the end in the fourth quarter as well. And I think Michigan would uh, win this game as well. Yeah, ultimately it should be a very good game, and it will uh, certainly draw a lot of eyeballs. Yes, as well. And then I'm going to be watching uh, Texas and Washington. And uh, this game, is it, it's been a back-and-forth battle. I know a lot of fans in, in um, Arlington, Texas, I know they're, they're wanting to see Texas play for the last time before they come to the SEC in 2024. So this will be, uh, you know, this will be like their, their farewell tour for, for the University of Texas before they come to the SEC as well. Yeah, they already kind of did that by winning the Big 12 championship in their last year uh, in the Big 12 there. So, I, again, yeah, they're, they're playing with the last either game or two uh, as a Big 12 member officially, and, and then they'll be in the mm-hmm. league, and uh, we'll be watching them each and every week. Yes, as well, because when uh, Texas and Oklahoma comes to the SEC, do you do you think that Texas and Oklahoma will still have their Red River rivalry, or is it just – um, do, do you think they're going to pull the plug on that rivalry when they actually come to the SEC? No, it'll still absolutely happen every year. It's it's on the schedule for next year, and even if it's only one protected opponent each year for Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. it will be each other. So they're going to keep playing that no matter what. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that rivalry is really – it's a really good one, and it's a long one. It's been um, done in Dallas, and I think they've done it in Dallas one year. They've done it in Arlington, and those are the only two places I've known that they've done those uh, River rivalries as well. But I think Texas 
is really going to, you know, I think Texas has Washington, Washington's number as well. So I think Washington is really going to be a washout for them as well. We'll see. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one for sure. It's going to be a big-time uh, matchup there in the first. Yes, and then this one that's going to be coming up at the end of December for the Music City Bowl in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm just going to see how Hugh Freeze is actually going to um, play some good uh, country music out there in uh, Music City. So I'm just going to sit back and watch this game as well. So I think uh, with uh, Peyton Thornton, I know he's going to play some play some good strings and and um, play some really good music out there in Nashville as well. So this one is going to be a, it's going to be a hit. It's really going to be a, like a country hit as well. So this is something that uh, Auburn fans would love to actually go and uh, get their tickets right away. You know, get their plane tickets right away before this uh, before uh, December 30th because this one is 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 really going to be a really good game as well. Do you like country music, James? I actually do love country music as well. Do you have a favorite artist? Um, I actually do have a favorite artist, and I am currently from Montgomery. And uh, my artist that I like in country music is um, Hank Williams Sr. I love his music as well. Okay, there you go. It's old school. Yes, as well, because, um, you know, when they actually did this, uh, when they were talking about the different bowl games, I was like, where will Auburn actually play? And I was thinking Nashville. So I think this one is really going to be a really good game as well. So I'm hoping that this game is going to be good and I'm going to be watching this game. And I'm just going to be, you know, in good spirits with them and uh, seeing what Hugh Freeze is actually going to do. And I'm just, going to see how the season starts in 2024 of next year as well yeah absolutely again trying to build that positive momentum towards 2024 yes as well because i've been looking at the auburn transfer portal and i know we have some transfers that are actually jumping into the portal um some real soon and um, we're getting some great players from other universities as well but i'm just trying to see who who those players would be for for next year as well yeah they have a, a couple of transfers so far as you mentioned again they have a, a defensive lineman from kansas they have a wide receiver from georgia state and a, a linebacker from duke and dorian mossy so uh they're working on portal guys i assume they'll get several more here as they turn some more attention to the portal and and their needs and that sort of thing but They'll definitely bring in a few more guys. Well, final thoughts for us today, James, because we've got to get to a guest here in just a couple minutes. Well, the only final thoughts I actually have for today is I would like to see my Dallas Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl in 2024 as well. That is certainly a great thing to hope for. All right. Sounds good, guys, and I'll talk to you all on Friday. War Eagle. War Eagle, James. We appreciate that phone call. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We have to go to our next timeout of the show. And that's because on the other side, we will have Joe Bartle of Rotowire talk some NFL with us and some fantasy football. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Time out. 
Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Wednesday. First show back since Christmas. Again, we will be off air next Monday for New Year's. So, again, stay tuned these next couple days with full shows right here in Tiger 95.9. With that, we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire today. To the show, Joe, I hope you had a great holiday. I hope you got a little bit of rest. And again, right back at it here as we get towards the end of this NFL season. Yeah, two more weeks of the regular season. You get the postseason as well, at least from Bordelware's perspective. So plenty of fantasy stuff, even though for a lot of people, you're likely out of your fantasy league. A lot of football left to uh, at least follow along. Yes, sir. Well, we do have uh, Tom here who's in the Consolation Championship, I guess the Fifth place, sixth place, like seventh that. place. I don't know. I'm still playing. <laughs> and uh, so he's still got another one. And, it, of course, it is championship week for out there for most fantasy leagues. It, uh, let me just start with kind of a broad question. If you are a fantasy manager, you made the championship, do you try to just, again, the, is the strategy got to be the same since it's what got you there? Or are you still kind of overanalyzing the – uh, the, the situations with start and sit and with uh, the opponents, what, what kind of a strategy are you going with here in championship week? Yeah, I think it's it's much more finite, whereas throughout the rest of the regular season, you're trying to compile a roster that will get you to a point where you're most successful each and every week throughout the entire year. This is the only week that matters for everyone else, For if you're in the championships or, I guess, semifinals for bad leagues out there. The, there are most two weeks left of the season that matters, so you need to be making your roster most efficient for those final two weeks. If that means taking three different defenses this week to block your opponent from streaming one, you do it. If it means uh, picking up a kicker on Saturday because you see your opponent has one in a, a coldy weather situation, you do that as well. You block uh, quarterback streamers. You pick up Clyde edwards if they need a running back. You pick up Clyde edwards even if they don't, right? That's probably the primary for agent pickup this week. It is all about making sure your roster is the best, but your opponent's is less than yours. And to me, that means uh, every trick under the book you, you do, you, you could cut every single person on your bench if it matters uh, to make sure you're blocking your opponent. You're doing what it takes to win. Let's talk about some of these, uh, again, roster developments. There's been a few significant ones at quarterback each and every week, it feels like. Obviously, you got to continue to monitor Trevor Lawrence as he has not played well. He's played through some injuries but has not played well the last couple weeks. You also have Russell Wilson, who has been – uh, benched, I guess, for more of a contract situation there, playing Jared Stidham. How does that affect the Broncos and the Jaguars and any fantasy options you might want in those two teams? Yeah, really it's troubling situations, I think, for fantasy managers. Not that you're really playing Russell Wilson, but a guy like Cortland Sutton now, he got uh, concussed. We'll see it's a short week whether or not he's able to go ahead and play. I would anticipate no, which has been why everyone uh, is clinging to Jerry Judy. But if it's Jared Stidham throwing at Jerry Judy and other pieces, well, that's not really all that attractive to me. And I almost wonder if that makes Javante Williams more of an enticing piece, given he'll have checkdowns and whatever else. I think Javante Williams 
probably is the biggest winner of Jared Stidham taking over for the Broncos, although I'm not sure how much that really matters. And uh, in, in the case of Trevor Lawrence, I would anticipate he does not play. We had the concussion symptoms a couple weeks ago. We had a, a bad ankle as well where he somehow came back from it. A right shoulder sprain is a completely different animal, and I would be stunned if he's able to throw and throw consistently uh, to the point where Jacksonville's offense is going to be able to benefit from him in there. Not that I think C.J. Beathard is better than a 60% version of Trevor Lawrence, but at some point you have to be mindful of the future of your franchise, and I still think Lawrence is certainly that despite all the injuries. So I, I actually would anticipate you don't see Trevor Lawrence at all. So I don't know if it's picking up Jared Stidham or uh, who will be my boy this week, Nick Mullins, going against my favorite team and their favorite coordinator, Joe Barry. That defense is going to get annihilated. I know T.J. Hawkinson done for the year. Jordan Asson probably doesn't play. You guys right now can be the top two receivers outside Justin Jefferson, and Joe Barry will make sure you guys get at least 50 <laughs> yards receiving. I promise you. So Nick Mullins is the guy that you can stream at quarterback this week if you need to. Uh, looking over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I, I asked you about this uh, uh, maybe two weeks ago I asked about this because there were some signs that some things were going on. And it still hasn't seemed to get better. So, I mean, if you're a fantasy owner of Travis Kelsey, if you're a fantasy owner of Mahomes, if you're a fantasy owner of any of those guys on Kansas City's offense, are you really concerned right now? Yeah, and uh, I was I was wrong two weeks ago. I think things are certainly troubling. And Mahomes sunk me in one league. That was really the only other league I had made it to this point. And it's been frustrating. Rasheed Rice has been great. And I actually think if you are a Chiefs fan or kind of following that offense, that he's developed into – I believe a bona fide starter. I don't know if the number one is the correct term. And I don't know if that matters in that offense. I think he's a bona fide starter. It, it's great. But how many more years do you have of Travis Kelsey even performing up to this kind of level or a little bit less? I would say certainly less than two. So if the idea is, all right, well, Mahomes is going to be able to carry us. Well, he hasn't with Kadarius Tony, MVS, and an aging Travis Kelsey. That's a lot of things you need to replace, even if Rasheed Rice has done well. And, oh, by the way, contract still is expensive. Offensive line needs retooling at times. I mean, it, there's some legitimate issues that I really wasn't uh, comfortable looking at. And at this point, with, with matchups they've had the past couple weeks, there's no certain time where I'm like, yep, this is an obvious play from Holmes, other than you're just hoping off a blind instinct and kind of the 50 yards rushing guarantee that he gives you uh, that, that you're going to have some beneficial opportunities. I think with no likely no Pacheco, I don't think he's been ruled out yet, but uh, concussion and just had surgery on his shoulder a couple weeks ago, Jarek McKinnon on injured reserve, Edward Solaire is the one that benefits. I do like if you're in a really deep league, I'm thinking like 16-team, you got 20-man benches, like you're really bottom of the barrel. Daneric Prince, who will likely be the practice squad call for the Chiefs, he's going to split time with, with that offense, and I think ends up kind of in that 70-30 split. Does that make Prince uh, enough of a fantasy start? Probably not, but he's at least a name worth mentioning. Again, if you are trying to block your opponent, you obviously pick Edwards Lair, but I think Prince becomes another one that you have to consider too. Joe, you, know, you mentioned Edwards Alaire as one of the guys that a lot of people are going to be picking up from the uh, waiver wires free agency this week. Uh, who are some more guys that you, you think could play a real factor in some people's championships that may not be on their rosters right now? Yeah, so Edwards Alaire is the top one. Uh, when we did the podcast Tuesday, I think he was only rostered in like 30% of leagues, and maybe they had uh, first-come, first-serve Yahoo leagues that you were seeing that number. So I would assume Edwards Alaire was widely available for most people. Then there's going to be K.J. Osborne. I mentioned T.J. Hawkinson done for the season for the Vikings. I, I don't anticipate Jordan Addison playing. I don't know if he's been rolled out yet, but there needs to be number two receiver. Osborne already, I think, benefits as the blocker. He won't be the tight end. You're going to see uh, Josh Oliver, former, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, take over as the starting tight end, but he's not really the receiving guy. 
K.J. Osborne's value is as a blocker and that he can be a, a good pass catcher. We talked about Joe Barry, worst coordinator, uh, certainly in the league currently, and I think nearing all-time worst coordinators. K.J. Osborne's going to be successful to the point where I think he is an obvious pickup and play this week. Justice Hill is another one. Uh, we saw Keaton Mitchell two weeks ago tear his ACL done for the season, so who's beneficiaring from that? It's not Gus Edwards. It was uh, Justice Hill between the 20s. Nick Mullins, I mentioned, too. And then if you are looking for a defense, uh, I, I know the Panthers looked really good against my Packers last week, but I trust that the Panthers' offense is going to be bad like it has been all rest of the season. So Jacksonville's defense is the top-streaming option. And the over-under, uh, at least Vegas-wise, says it's going to be really darn close to one of the lowest-scoring games of Week 17. So that, that always makes me feel more comfortable going that direction, too. And then, Joe, I've got a personal question for my fantasy team looking at this week. It's nothing, you know, I'm not in a championship. I'm in like a fifth place game or whatever. Jake Browning or Tua Tagovailoa? Who are you starting? Yeah, and I, I have uh, Kyler Murray, Tua, and I'm going to at least pick up Nick Mullins. I don't know if I want to start him or not. It's really interesting that the Tua offense against uh, Baltimore makes me nervous. I would typically play Jake Browning, but I think Jake Browning – uh, this week's matchup also against that Chiefs defense makes me makes me anxious. I'm playing Tua over Jake Browning, and I'm going to play Nick Mullins over Tua. But Kyler Murray, who also in an interesting spot against the Eagles, that was kind of my cutoff point. I would I would play Kyler Murray over all those guys. So I'd go Kyler Murray. Uh, I would play Nick Mullins over Tua, and then Tua over Jake Browning. All right. Uh, Joe, with the couple of big matchups, and there are a couple of huge ones, that, that Dolphins-Ravens game, Mm-hmm. included you mentioned a little bit of hesitancy for Tua uh and Miami's defense has just not been awesome I, I know that they were able to hold Dallas down a little bit in the in the bowl game in, in terms of actually playing a team above 500 and winning one but I mean what is Miami's chances there to produce some of this offense that we've seen be so awesome uh this year in Baltimore yeah, and I think I saw that Miami defense is like eighth since week eight, the return of Jalen Ramsey and EPA, which is one of the, the more advanced stats that people use to determine if a defense is good. So I, I actually think there is some, some benefit to saying the Dolphins' defense will have some fantasy relevance um, and could stop the Ravens. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Uh, the over-under was close to 47 or 48 yesterday. I'm taking the under on that. I'm anticipating the Ravens' struggle. I think the, the Dolphins' offense struggles a little bit too, and – Again, I would bench two if I had better options. The only issue is, do you have better options? Guys like Raheem Mostert, Tyree Kill, uh, you're all you're playing those ones. Jalen Waddle, the Devon Achan. I think I can confidently say I don't want Devon Achan in my lineup this week. Um, I've been wrong about that for two months straight. It feels like, but this is one of the very few times where I'd feel like, oh yeah, I got to use him. Um, I, I think there are lesser options overall on the Week 17 slate because that Dolphins Ravens game really occupies a lot of fancy guys that you're going to feel confident can't do anything. And, Joe, the big one Saturday night between Detroit and Dallas, and kind of hard to believe that the top has regressed to the point where Detroit could still get a one seed depending on what happens. I mean, Dallas is now kind of a <laughs> long odds to be the division winner. Now Philly's got another game on them. But uh, what do you think of the match between Lions and Cowboys? Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have the number one seed pretty locked in. And I felt that way even after the Cowboys beat them, um, that they lost to the Seahawks was kind of a weird circumstance. Yeah, I think there's a lot of offense. So conversely, where I thought Dolphins-Ravens under on their total, I will slam the over on the Cowboys-Lions uh, game. I don't think there's a lot of defense overall. And uh, the concern for Jared Goff is can he do this in cold weather? Can he be successful? We're going to have at least one game in Detroit. 
having won the NFC North, but we don't see that. I, I think there are going to be opportunities for the Cowboys defense to jump some plays. Um, Jared Goff, you know, notably doesn't have a lot of arm strength. So you, you can kind of be uh, reactionary and play off instinct on those out routes. But Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is going to tear up that middle of the field. I think Sam Laporta is going to have a really great week, too. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of can the Cowboys continue to score points. And while there's been some issues the past couple weeks, maybe not getting other guys besides CeeDee Lamb involved, that's going to change. I think the Lions' defense is certainly open uh, to get picked apart by good offenses, and the Cowboys, I think, are still one of the best in the league. So I, I anticipate the Cowboys win. Uh, I think you're going to see both teams score at least uh, you know, four scores, 24-24, something like that. Uh, and I, I think there will be a lot of fancy goodness all around. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, one more question for you before we let you go. Uh, again, with this week being the last week for fantasy managers and, and trying to win a championship, what's the best championship gift for a fantasy league? Best championship gift? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I'm, cash is great. Uh, as somebody that has certainly felt the inflation rise this year, I think uh, cash is always a wonderful prize, but most people are getting that. I, I always love the leagues where you have the uh, loser prizes that uh, typically embarrass said loser. Those are always fun ones to me. I, I've been really prone to enjoying the, the, the championship belts. They might be a little bit cumbersome, uh, but as somebody that loves the rest, wrestling and WWE, to be able to hold up a belt of some sort is always a dream. So I, I like that from a fantasy perspective, and it's one of those like a traveling thing. I, you know, my friends and family that we do now for, boy, you know, 12 years at this point, we have just a trophy, but the, the name engraved, you see it every year. The history part is an underrated reason as to why I love fantasy, whether you've been in the league for two years or 20 years. Um, I think everyone really cares about that aspect, too. So if you have the belt and there's some way to at least uh, have a moniker to determine who won each year, that's the best kind of reward, I think, uh, outside of financial stuff. He's Joe Bartle of Rotowire with us again today on Sports Call. Joe, uh, again, you have a busy schedule still as we have a couple more weeks of football. What do you have going on this week? Yeah, we already have the uh, the big betting sheet, which I posted yesterday. Uh, because of the holidays, we didn't do any write-ups in the game, but just went over all the over-unders and the spreads, and we did the podcast as well, discussing Edward Solaire. We actually went through pretty in-depth start-sit questions the last 15 minutes of the podcast, too. So uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Word of Fantasy Sports, the Tuesday edition, the Wave Wire Show, Jake and I did that. Next week, uh, we'll kind of uh, do a full-circle recap of all the different Wave Wire pickups that were successful. We'll, we'll talk about uh, first round mock drafts. We're already to that point in the fantasy season. We're discussing next year's plans for it too. So there's a lot of content uh, to come. And if you aren't interested in, or you have a major championship, we should say we have fantasy basketball content, college basketball content as well on the site. Uh, and we are gearing up for fantasy baseball. We're about three weeks away from fantasy baseball season, really getting into full gear. And uh, it certainly goes off and running when uh, pitchers and catchers return too. So, uh, lots and lots of content on Rotoware. You can get access to the site for free. Rotoware.com slash radio gives you two day access. I think radio or Rotoware.com slash pod. Either one of those will get you access to the site for free for a bit. A lot of great stuff to check out there for sure. Again, Joe Bartle of Rotowire with us today. Joe, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. Hard to believe the season is almost over, but we certainly appreciate you and we look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. All right. Thanks for having me on. That is Joe Bartle of Rotowire joining us today on Sports Call. We're going to head to another timeout. Back to preview a few more bowl games coming up after this timeout. 
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Appreciate Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire for joining us as the fantasy season comes to an end for most this year. Always good of, full of good information. Absolutely. Has helped us out many a time. Uh, I'm in a bad mood because North Carolina doesn't know how to get away from a punt and then hits <laughs> them in the foot and then undoes the accidentally good work that they're doing on defense. And so, thus, one more frustration before the college football season ends. Hopefully it will not be frustrating to watch Auburn football on Saturday as they take on Maryland in the Music City Bowl there in Nashville. That leads us to our next grouping of games. We've got two more days to go over. We'll be going over them again tomorrow and especially on Friday, but again, rotating cast on the show want to get their thoughts before they say goodbye to the new year or for the old year until the new year Uh, so again those december 30th bowls first game up is a really good one the chick-fil-a peach bowl it's number 11 ole miss number 10 penn state uh, ranked right beside each other that'll be a contrast in styles then of course that auburn maryland game is one o'clock then the orange bowl half of georgia versus half of florida state that's three (laughs) o'clock And then Toledo and Wyoming gets on the CW at 3.30. Ooh. Okay. Is that before or after the live golf that day? Uh, and so <laughs> They cut off live golf for it. <laughs> and then I'll go ahead and go to the January 1 Bowls. Obviously, you know the playoff. That's coming up later in the day. First, it's 11 a.m. in Tampa. LSU, number 13 against Wisconsin, but no, Jane Daniels not playing. 12 o'clock, a double, uh, two games at once. Number six, or excuse me, number eight, Oregon versus number 23, Liberty. And number 17, Iowa versus number 21, Tennessee. It was announced today Joe Milton is not playing. Their freshman five-star backup is going to play. And then the playoffs, 4 o'clock, Alabama-Michigan. That's the Rose Bowl, 745 in the Sugar Bowl for Texas and for Washington. So, uh, going to be good two days of football. We'll start with December 30th, guys. Of course, Auburn. Thought I want your thoughts on that game and then the other stuff. Uh, so you, you look at this Auburn, uh, Maryland game, we've, we talked about it a little bit on the show, but you, you know, I, I like the sentiment that you brought up that it feels like Auburn, uh, is in a much better position right now than Maryland. Maryland said some transfers. Auburn's also had, you know, a few transfers, but nobody is impactful. I don't think as, as Maryland as you know, you lose your starting quarterback with them. Uh, I think Auburn's set up in a really good position. I think, you know, you mentioned it, we mentioned it with Steve earlier. They're going to probably run the ball a lot, uh, which is, you know, Auburn's been their strong suit this year. They, they've run the ball a lot. I think it's, it's really important. The, the rest, you know, the players that are there that uh, they've gotten those bowl practices in and it helps them go into that the next year. Uh, the Auburn defense is going to have to watch out for still, you know, Maryland's still got some wide receivers there. They've, they've still got a few guys that can catch the football. Uh, you know, the, the biggest question is, can Billy Edwards get the ball to them? 
Uh, and so Auburn's got to watch out for that. But I think Auburn's set up in a really good position. I would expect, you know, Auburn to probably to, to win this football game, and I'd, I'd probably pick Auburn to win the football game. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Auburn just overall is going to be more talented than Maryland. But uh, as I've said before, and it's very cliche to say, go in there and just take care of business. But, I mean, that's what they're going to have to do is go in and play their style of football. And they need to play to that elite level that you saw against Alabama and not against and not to the level that you saw against New Mexico State. I mean, two just completely night and day difference as far as effort and execution. You, we need to see the Alabama team, not the New Mexico State team. Maryland is going to be without their stock, their starting quarterback. Um, their backup has not gotten a lot of playing time, so you really don't know what to expect there. But I mean, he's uh, he's a guy that is there for a reason. So I mean, he you know he's capable. So uh, just I, I think if Auburn just plays their style of ball and just and stays and executes the way that they know how to do on defense and does enough on offense. You're not going to expect this offense to just put up crazy points all of a sudden. That's just not going to happen. They're going to try to grind it out on the ground, especially more so this time around because, yeah, we have lost a lot of wide receivers. So um, it's going to be kind of a ground and pound game and and try to limit. uh, If You want this to be a low-scoring game in Auburn's favor because of the way Maryland likes to throw it. If you start getting into a shootout, then you're in trouble. So you want a low-scoring game, pound it out on the ground, and, and do what you have to and, and come away with a win. Now, as far as those other games go, uh, the, the early game Ole Miss against Penn State, I, I'm Penn State's favorite of that. I'm very curious to see. Uh, there's a lot of momentum on the side of Ole Miss right now. Um, now, a lot of that momentum is transfer portal, and so them looking ahead to next year, but I mean, Ole Miss has a—they have a lot going for them right now. And uh, man, I mean, Penn State's favored, but I—I I don't know. I—I kind of like Ole Miss in that one. I just—I feel like there's a lot of momentum going with Lane Kiffin and what they've got going right now. So uh, be interested to see that one. Uh, when you get to the 3 p.m. game, Georgia against Florida State, you just gotta—you gotta go with Georgia. I, I mean, Florida State has just lost so much, and I know Georgia has lost some too, but not to what Florida State had. And honestly, I feel like even if Florida State was uh, – if Florida State was even the team that they had, even without uh, uh, Travis playing at quarterback, I, I, without all the other guys that have left or, or have opted out, Georgia still wins that game. Um, I got to go with Georgia on that one. I, I just and – I, and I don't think it will be particularly close. I, I think Georgia will – pretty much wiped the floor of the FSU in that one. And, of course, everybody's just going to go, well, we told you so. It's like, yeah, well, it's hard to kind of put a finger on that one with as much as FSU lost in opting out. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, after that, what, you got Toledo against Wyoming? Yep. Yeah. I, I, well, it's at the same time. Uh, it is at 3 it's o'clock. So, everybody will be watching the Georgia-Florida State game. Unless it's like Georgia-TCU. Well. Maybe. You're going to flip over and watch the Rockets against the Cowboys. When's the Maybe. last time you flipped over to CW? Uh, when was the last time you watched Supernatural? <laughs> I guess on see, see, I'm, what I'm looking at here, it says Barstool. So I guess Barstool is is running the game I on think the it's, CW. Yeah. It's the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. It is, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I oh, I see. I see yeah. Well, it just said, yeah, where everybody else has the TV listing, it just says Barstool. I think they're going to be doing a stream as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so – Dion, are you familiar with the line for Georgia Florida State? 
If you if you are at a land, are, you do. I do. Brooks, so, I, have, I haven't seen the line. Okay, what do you think the line is? Uh, uh I'm going to say right now they've got Georgia by ten. Higher. Oh, higher. Seventeen. A little higher. Twenty. Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Basically three three touchdowns almost. So take that for what you will. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Penn State also favored against Ole Miss. By how much? Four and a half. Wow. Four and a half, yep. I think Ole Miss takes that one straight up. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're trying to, to go off of Penn State's physicality, but, you know, I, I think that Drew Aller is somebody that I don't trust to take advantage of a little bit weaker Ole Miss defense. Yeah. So it depends. It just depends how well Penn State runs the ball and keeps Ole Miss's offense off the side. You know, Ole Miss is still ultimately not a great defense. It is right. very doable to be able to control some some clock and that sort of thing. So it's it, it's a contrast in styles, and it's similar. I won't go too much into it, but it's similar to the Tennessee-Iowa game. Like, Iowa wants to use 38 seconds of the play clock. They right. would like to win 10-7. to 7. Tennessee would like to snap the ball 30 times a quarter <laughs> if they yeah. could and would like to score 40 points. And, and again, Ole Miss, they're going to want to get a lot of plays off, score a lot of points. Meanwhile – Penn State is going to be trying to do everything they can to shorten the game. Yeah. And and so it's very much a contrast in styles. Brooks, what do you think about the 30th games? So I'm really interested that that Penn State and Ole Miss game is really interesting because it's the game of uh, two coaches that have never really had success winning the big games at their their schools. Uh, Lane Kiffin kind of got that monkey off of his back with that LSU win earlier this year. Uh, but you know, there's still you know still people are going to be going to be looking at uh, at this game. James Franklin, he can win some big games, but when it came to when it's always come to Ohio State and Michigan, he's just come up flat a little bit. And this is going to be a chance for for them to to put themselves into a position uh, going into next year to say, hey, we deserve one of those at large spots in the uh, in in the 12 team college football playoff. Um, that Georgia Florida State game, I'm on the same page as Tom. Uh, it, it's probably you know Georgia's probably going to come in is going to you know is going to to run run rampant with this one and folks uh, you know national folks and people you see this is why Florida State didn't deserve to be in the playoff anyway it, that, that that's not a that's not an argument you need to have because there's so many opt outs there uh, and, and Florida State is is a better team than what what's going to happen on probably what's going to happen yeah, yeah. on Saturday uh, the other game I am actually really excited for the Arizona Bowl Toledo 11 wins on the year great year for for the Rockets uh, lost the the Mac championship game uh, to Miami of Ohio but still a great year I, I thought Jason Candle uh, sh- should have been uh, had his name float around for more jobs uh, this year than he than his name was uh, and I think he's a he's a fine he's a really good uh, coach there in the Mac and, and I would not be shocked if he moves up here in the next couple years and Craig Bowl rides off into the sunset it's in Arizona a lot of uh, westerns are filmed there so maybe he can ride off into yeah. the sunset as a cowboy with another win uh, for for Wyoming. Uh, he's uh, been there since 2014, and it's been a, a really good. He's had some really good players come through that Wyoming program while he's been there. All right, so we only got about five minutes left in the show. I don't need to get my word in because I'll get it in later in the week. But guys, you got to tell me what's going to happen in the playoffs here: Texas, Washington, Alabama, Michigan. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm going to stick with what I said. I think Alabama is going to end up winning the national title. I think it, everything is just set up like they're not supposed to be there. They're not supposed to be there. Well, they're there, and now they're going to end up winning it. Um, I think they are. I think they just have too much 
physicality for Michigan. Uh, Michigan plays that style of ball that Alabama usually has a field day with. I think Alabama beats them. I think Texas wins over Washington. And then I think Alabama gets revenge over Texas in the championship game. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see Washington against Michigan and everybody go, geez, you just missed that one completely. But I think that's just what my gut is telling me. Um, I, I, again, I think, I think it goes to style of football. Alabama's style just does – Michigan does not match up well with Alabama's style of football. I think Alabama just can win that one. And I think the same thing. I think Alabama – I'm sorry, I think Texas's style is more similar to Alabama, and I think they are better suited to beat a team like Washington. Um, just the, the balance, pure physicality, just kind of a different brand of football and uh, – Maybe it's maybe it's kind of the southern bias. It's like you know those southern boys aren't going to get beat by them kids from Seattle. I, maybe that's kind of a bias I'm looking at. So uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Bama Bama's going to beat Michigan. Texas going to beat Washington, and then Alabama is going to beat Texas and win another national title and rub it in all Auburn fans' faces once again. Michigan's favored by one and a half, and I don't know why. I think Alabama. Uh, I, th- I guess it's because they're undefeated and they're you know the, the number one team in the country. Um, I think Alabama's going to win this game. I don't like their offense. Michigan's offense. It's great for the Big Ten. It's great to to beat Iowa, but it's a it's an offense that Alabama never has problems with. That pro style offense. You're gonna we're gonna run it up the middle with Blake, Blake Corum. Cool. There's five uh, Aub- or Alabama defensive linemen standing right there in the hole waiting for him. Um, and so I, I think Alabama wins wins the Rose Bowl. I think Texas. I think it, it, Texas has the better shot of beating Alabama in that national title game. If Wyoming or if, if Washington gets there, I uh, promise uh, Wyoming Wyoming's won't not going to be there. Yeah. It, if Washington gets there, uh, I think Alabama's got a better chance to beat them. I think if Texas gets there, Texas has a real shot to beat Alabama. I think Texas goes in, gets a win over over Washington in the in the uh, in the All State Sugar Bowl, and I think we set up an Alabama Texas rematch that I think. Could go either way. Uh, obviously, you know, won't you know? We'll, we'll wait and talk about break down that game if it happens. But I think Texas has a real shot to beat Alabama twice this year if that game were to happen. All right, so that's Brooks and Tom and their takes on the playoff again. They will not be on the show again until the new year, and therefore all this will have been played, and that's why we wanted to go ahead and get that. I'll give my take a little bit later in the week. We will have live shows tomorrow. And Friday, again, no show on New Year's Day. Next Monday, we'll be back uh, next Tuesday as far as that's concerned. Final minute or two of today's program. Time for Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what do we have? Uh, A couple movie picks for you this evening. Uh, We're done with Christmas. I know there's still some Christmas movies on. But, you know, we're getting ready. You know, let, let's get ready to the move Christmas on. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Seven o'clock on FX. Transformers The Last Night. Great action movie. Watch robots fight each other. Uh, Seven o'clock on FXM. Your Marvel movie fix of the evening. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, uh, is a phenomenal addition to the Spider-Man universe, I, I, in my opinion. And at 7.30 night, VH1. Your comedy pick of the evening. The 40-Year-Old Virgin starring Steve Carell is on tonight. Tom? Great chest waxing scene in that movie. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, sports picks for you this evening. A little light this evening for sports, but it's heavy on football with two big games. Start off, though, 6.30 on TNT. Some hockey action for you. The Boston Bruins visit the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, then at 7 o'clock on Fox, you got Louisville taking on USC in the Holiday Bowl. Follow that up at 8 o'clock with the Texas Bowl, the first SEC team in action tonight. Texas A&M takes on Oklahoma State in Houston. And that, my friends, is your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Uh, thank you very much for that, Brooks. And that will do it for the TV guide and for the show today. Brooks Childress, thank you for everything that you've done here in 2023. I certainly hope you have a next uh, a couple of great next few days, and we will see you again in the new year. See you then. Happy New Year. And, Tom Peavy, thank you for being out here throughout 2023, yep. everything that you've done on the show. See you next year. Uh, see you next year indeed, <laughs> my friend. Again, that will do it for the show today. We will continue on with shows tomorrow and Friday. But, again, Brooks and Tom will be back with us in 2024. As always, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in today, and we appreciate Joe Bartle of Rotowire. For joining us today as well. For Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.